Hey, yo, it's the WMMA Today podcast with Drake Riggs and Steve King. Um, it's been a while since Drake and I have been on together. Uh, shit happens and, you know, shit happens in life. Um, but we're here. Uh, we're going to talk the Bellator 271 recap, the UFC Vegas 42 recap, um, some news, some good news, some bad news, <laughs> personally bad news to me. Um, UFC Vegas 43 preview and, oh, the Ryzen 32 preview, the comeback, <laughs> Fucking the welcome back. It's the welcome back for me, man. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Good stuff going on. And man, yes, Steve, you've done a show with somebody. You've done a show with a guest sooner than I have. We haven't talked since you uh, had Serena on. The guys were telling me last week that it was pretty fun. So uh, you tell me before we get into things, how was it with uh, Serena Southpaw? I, I saw a little bit of it, obviously. I chimed in there uh, yeah. when I was in Florida just for a moment, but I didn't really see the whole thing. Yeah, no, I mean... Serena's Serena's dope. You know, when I when I told you that I was gonna have Serena on with me, um that didn't just come to mind. I there's there's a couple other fighters, I think I've told you one that I wanted to have on and stuff. Serena, I was like, you know what? Serena's fucking awesome. I, I want to have her on. And she dude, she DM'd me like like instantly. Later, like instantly, <laughs> like like literally right away. And she was like, let's fucking go. She was pumped. And she held that, that whole attitude three hours, dude, we went three hours. I look Drake. I was not expecting to go three hours. You and I go. Three I, hours. Either. I, I was you not go that expecting long. to go three hours with Serena, but man, dude, you know what? She tells stories. You know, she has, she has insight. You know, I mean, what more could I ask for from her? I was asking her questions. The chat was asking her questions. Great questions from the chat. Um, yeah, man, Serena's dope, and she wants to come back on. It, I think it would be cool, you know, the three of us to do it together. It might run fucking six hours at that point, but it is what it is. Um, <laughs> right. no, Time management, we got to work on that. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but, yeah, Serena's awesome, man. Serena's really cool. I really yeah. enjoyed having her on. Yeah, no, from what I saw, it looked like a good old time and that she was, you know, able to talk about everything, which is always kind of the hurdle I feel like we would run into with guests is like because we cover so much like of yeah. the world that, you yeah. know, not everybody could be as invested as we are and try to be. So good the to see that she was able to keep up. The interesting thing thing about Serena is she's totally into the Japanese MMA right. culture and the fight fighters and the fighting and all that, you know, she loves Muay Thai. Um, she dude, she's really knowledgeable. I loved having her around. She's, she's kick-ass. Absolutely. So not that um, I would, not that I would take her over you. I'm not saying that. <laughs> hey, was, oh, I saw know, that like, part of the show. <laughs> you know, it was like, it was like different. You know what I mean? Like it was right. three hours, dude. I, and I didn't feel like it was three hours. Yeah, that's good. Three hours is a long fucking time, by the way. I know, I know. 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, she went as long as we generally do. Right. So I was like, not expecting that. And like her and I talked off off air for quite some time, and like more. And dude, she's she's a she's a dope girl. A very good stuff. She gave, there. she gave me all kinds of <laughs> some juice. Yeah, dude. <laughs> like I, I, I was feeling it from Serena. You know, I was like, well, I, I saw she said, uh, well, she left Syndicate and she's okay. with Extreme now. Extreme Couture. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yep, we're, we're working on the next fight it. and everything. So, yep, she's loving yeah. it. Um, she's gonna let us know when she has a fight, and hopefully, we can, hopefully, we can have her on. That'd be cool. To tell us about her fight. That's what I, I actually mentioned to her. And she, she's down. Yeah. Yeah, man. That would be awesome. That'd be perfect. So very good stuff. It's been, you know, crazy month for the show, obviously, you guys. But thanks for hanging in there with us throughout the whole thing. As the boys are here, we got Juicy Jackson. Aaron is here. Scott is here. James, the usual suspects. Rue, Jimmy, Rain. Joseph and uh, Joseph, before we get into the reviews or the recaps, I guess, since you did miss last week, Steve, and it was one of the biggest talking points of, you know, I mean, I guess the women for a while now, the Whaley and uh, Rose rematch. Yeah. Uh, Joseph wants your thoughts before we go on, which I think might as well get him since you did miss out. Like I said, uh, very, very, very fucking close. I had to watch it twice um, live yeah. and watching it live. As I said last week, I gave Rose the last three rounds. And then on the rewatch, man, it was very close. I think it came down to the third, probably. I can see a case for Whaley in the fifth because Rose kind of just was on top of her. Whaley was way more active. She actually outstruck her if you look at the numbers as we did. But either way, I think no matter how you feel about it, it's probably first three Whaley or last three Rose. And man, after the second watch, I don't know, man. I it's very tough. How did you feel about it? Let's uh, let's get your thoughts on the rematch. Yeah, no, I I love the fight. It was it was what I had expected from from it. It was it was always it's what we hoped be. for the first time. Exactly. <laughs> it was always going to be better than the first one. Not that the first one wasn't good. It was good for Rose Namahunas, obviously. It, I mean, it was great, right? The the knockout was great. The second fight turned out to be the fight we expected the first time out. Um, trading rounds, Whaley, you, Whaley took, for to me, I gave Rose three rounds to two for Whaley, um, but I wouldn't, if, they, if the judges had gone to Whaley, I would have been okay with it. One because did, it was, right? It was split. Because it was a very close fight. I, I would have been totally fine. Right, Drake. One judge actually did give it to, to Whaley. And I would have been totally fine with that. I just would have expected a third fight between the two. Right. <laughs> it was a good fight, though. It was it was an excellent fight. I loved it. Um, Whaley really improved. Really improved. But Rose improved as well. She was she was heavy on the top, man. Yeah. And yeah, that was that honestly, was kind of the issue, right? Was Whaley, Whaley might have been the up. better Whaley might have been the better striker in the fight. 
Are we surprised by that though? I mean, we kind of been talking about that. <laughs> no, I mean, we're, we're not, I'm not surprised by it. I don't, and I wouldn't assume that you would be either. It's just that Rose is such a good striker. Right. You know, she's known for her striking, right? It was a good fight. It was a great fight, man. Um, do they go three? Like, I don't, I don't know if they go a third time. You can't. Um, you can't, unfortunately. Like, it's like this, that was the problem. It's right. like unfair at that point. At that point, you know, for everybody else involved, especially Carlos Esparza, Drake, Carlos Esparza, it has to happen. Yeah, no, fight I mean, I mean, we've been saying we were saying that before this fight, Steve. That was that should have happened in this place. Yeah. Uh, even though I was happy to see this fight happen, great fight as you mentioned right there, very close mm -hmm. fight. And uh, last time I checked on MA decisions, I'm sure it's probably still the same. But if you look on there, Steve, uh, yeah. the majority actually has Whaley with the first three. So people mostly think that she won it. Uh, thankfully, I'm not seeing too many robbery claims because, like you said, you know, very, very it close. It was so but... damn close, Drake. It was yeah. so damn close. Like I said, dude, I would literally be fine with either decision, Rose or Whaley. I would have been fine with it. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it, too. Like, obviously, I mean, I, I think I've, I'd say I like Whaley more. I just enjoy watching her more and, you know, Personality-wise, I just like her a little bit more. I have nothing against Rose, right? But yeah, um, yeah. if I had if I had a preference of who I would have wanted to win, just situationally, I probably would have preferred Whaley to win. But again, I'm not. I can't be mad at it when it was this close, this good, or anything like that. So, uh, thankfully, you know, people aren't super up in arms, I guess. But no, I don't. I, I, don't I wonder if they would have been though if Whaley did win. I'm sure that would have caused a stir. Yeah, I mean, uh, of course. But who knows? There's always gonna be there's always gonna be the the guys and girls who are just you know mad about everything. Yeah, no doubt about that. But good stuff. Strawweight division needs to roll on, as you said, Carla. Yeah. That better be the goddamn move. Or all right, I so Whaley then, <laughs> Whaley then. What what do you think? Where, where do you think Whaley should go? Joanna, it seems like Joanna kind of wants to fight again. I think it's still hard to tell with Joanna, and we I know. talked all about yeah. this yeah. last week but too. But but she's kind of been vocal about more vocal about things recently than she was for the whole past year. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's definitely fair. Um, Marina Rodriguez. That's that's the, the one. Hell? That's a hell of a fight. Yeah, I think that's still the one. And um, my main reason for not saying Whaley and Joanna too right now after this is because like, yeah, let's freshen things up, man. You know, everybody's oh, all yeah. fighting the same people. And even Rose Carla is yeah. a rematch, but there's been enough space, thankfully. But like, there's that wild card of Andrade coming back in for a trilogy, which, you know, is... Very yeah. minimal, but like that's still a possibility, which is absurd. As much as I love Jessica Andrade, which I truly do, I think she's fantastic, a great person, all that you name it. She does not deserve a strawweight title fight whatsoever right now. Um, so yeah, it's I would I would prefer something like Whaley versus Claudia or like Mackenzie Dern. Those were some names that were thrown out there last That'd week. Be by fun. Some of the Mackenzie guys. Dern would be fun. Yeah, I, um, dig, I dig that fight. 
but I don't think you should go maybe too high or you can't go too low. You got to find kind of that middle ground for way. I mean, the, the Zhao Nan fight is probably a best best case scenario for her in terms of rankings. But like, you know, we don't want that to happen unless it can be that dream situation in China, Taiwan yeah. on the line, you um, name it. I don't and, think uh, do that. Yeah, and, and I asked Whaley about that, actually. And Joseph uh, mentions that, which I disagree with his beginning part here where he says, why does Whaley always make everything about politics? That is not true. So <laughs> stupid to say that, Joseph. Going to call you out for that. But then he says uh, Whaley said she wouldn't fight Zhao Nan, which this is what I was referencing. I asked her about that because the Chinese people don't like to see other Chinese people fight each other. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's been a rough year for china chinese mma fighters obviously yeah. and um if they can continue to build up and get back on the forefront i mean why why not try and do that and again if they were to offer her that fight she would take it that's kind of essentially what she said too it's like i'm not gonna go out of my way to try and make that happen but if offered yeah she's gonna take it she's not gonna say no but like if you don't have to fight your countrymen when you're still kind of a country on the come up why why do that like we've seen that before with you know other other people and countries do that so it's not just you know no singling out here joseph and i'm sure the comments are probably getting you for this <laughs> we'll see as i scroll down here but uh yeah i again i don't i don't want to see either of them lose or really fight each other unless it's that perfect uh perfect situation which is distancing itself from us unfortunately um chuck is here good to see you chuck um let's see what do we got here let's old scott good to see you buddy he's going on about this stuff which is interesting <laughs> so, yusuf is here yusuf came back last week uh steve so that was good to see yusuf here again welcome back yusuf um yes of course uh james mentioning why are people saying Whaley should move to 125 it seems easy for her to make 115 we talked about that last week as well yes uh I, I agree with you james i think it's being mentioned because of the fact she's now in a weird strawweight limbo lost twice to the champ twice in a row that was the fucking problem with doing it so quickly yeah now she's it's in exactly a tricky spot it's exactly the problem if she goes to 125 she has a quicker path to a title fight than she does at 115 that's why it's being mentioned should she go there no no she's perfect for straw weight but now she's in a shitty spot so that's how that goes um yusuf says the fans don't deserve the yoana rematch Fuck that. <laughs> I, mean, I guess you're probably right um i would love to see it just not next uh rue says whaley versus marina holy shit that would be a banger that would be excellent uh you could do that too you definitely could but i uh We'll see. I wouldn't be mad at that, but you know that's a that's a that's a tough rebound, you know, for Whaley. You know, I think they something like Claudia or Claudia is perfect. I think Mackenzie better in terms of ranking and all that, but a tougher fight probably. You know, Claudia's kind of I don't really know what's going on with her as well, but yeah, uh, she's been out for a while. Yeah. So. All right, with that in mind, let's get into the recaps. I had to catch up on that stuff with Steve, you guys. So appreciate the comments and concerns. But we did have plenty of fights over the weekend, Steve, starting with Bellator 271. Cyborg and a cyborg, my man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
Her Sinead Kavanaugh, she had no chance. She tried. Like she tried to, to punch with the puncher, um, who just demolishes people. Uh, that was just not a good game plan. Um, Cyborg does violent things, and that's what happened to Kavanaugh. Yeah, I mean, this is what I said after the fight happened. Was props to Sinead for doing what she said she was going to do and not backing down because this went ex- this went exactly how I thought it would. This was my dude, exact prediction, so pretty much. You say <laughs> you say you're going to stand and bang with with one of the best strikers in MMA. You're that you're just asking to get knocked out, and that's exactly what happened. Like that was that was a stupid ass game plan. Do you think she was trying to replicate like what Nunes did, like how that fight went? Was that kind of her hope? Well, there? first of all, there is no other Amanda Nunes. Right. Second of all, that's fucking dumb. You can't fucking do that. Obviously. I, I mean, in retrospect, she's probably like, oh, fuck, I shouldn't have done that, right? I would hope well, no so. No shit, you shouldn't fucking do that. <laughs> Man. Uh, great highlight though for cyborgs. So. Yeah, fucking great, great knockout. I mean, it just adds to the fucking to Chris Cyborg. You know, I mean, th- this is who she is. She knocks fucking women out. <laughs> yeah. So, honestly, not too much to say about that. Obviously, it was only a minute thirty two seconds. Crazy. Uh, again, just Cyborg is still phenomenal, of course. Um, Drake, so I yeah. really don't see anybody being able to beat Chris Cyborg in Bellator right now. Yeah, there's nobody in Bellator that can beat Chris Cyborg. Now that Julia's gone, the only hope is for Kayla to come over, right? That's literally That's it. it. That's, That's it. it. Yep. Other other than that, Chris Cyborg's gonna be the champion until the end of days. <laughs> yeah. Could not. Couldn't agree more. Um, and Ghost, real quick, chiming in about the previous conversation, saying he disagrees. That's a tougher fight for Marina because of Whaley's wrestling. You mean uh, tougher than Joanna? If if that's the fighter you're mentioning, because we talked about a couple there, Ghost. But if you mean Joanna, then yeah, I definitely agree. I think uh, yeah, Marina has a better chance against Joanna. But both very fun fights. But yeah, I agree with you there. Whaley would mix it up much more. Joanna doesn't try. I don't know if has Joanna ever attempted a single takedown, Steve. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. I'm gonna have to look at the stats after this because that's a that's a good little quiz question. But yeah. either way, Chris Cyborg retains. No surprise there. But again, I'm I am gonna give Sinead props for not lying to us. She did exactly what she said she would. So <laughs> appreciate you there. Well, I mean, okay, there, uh, there's there's that. You didn't you said what you were gonna do, but it wasn't smart. No, definitely not. No, <laughs> we we knew that going in. That was <laughs> but terrible. This is a terrible game plan. Yep, yep, yep. Jimmy says, these last few weeks have been great, but also made me mad because of the MA community gaslighting me, saying that the cards of Dern headlining and Dumont headlining was good. Well, that's just how the community is going to be, Jimmy. Yeah, we know the truth there. Um, I had no problem with one of those. I mean, I didn't really have a problem with... It's all circumstantial. Let's not get into that stuff right now. <laughs> but like, yes. does it even matter? No, no. It doesn't even really matter. Dude. The only the only time that it, that who's headlining or whatever matters is when it's title fights. 
Yeah. Yep. That is a fact. The numbers support that. But anyway, as we continue on here with Bellator 271, Anger Fist also did her thing, Steve. Yeah, poor Pam Bam. Yeah. She just met a very anger fisty girl. <laughs> a very Ar- angry fist. <laughs> Ar- Arlene Blanco is man better got, with aid. Yeah. She's she's got those those uh those hands, man. She's she strikes phenomenally. Yeah. Yeah, I, I haven't got to watch this one yet. I actually missed it, so uh, I still need to go back and watch it. But um, uh, Pam, uh, Pam was all right. Pam was all right. I mean, it was mostly Blanco. But, I mean, you can see a couple 3027s, and there was a 29-28 there. But it was it was Mostly Blanco. the Blanco show. Yeah. Yep. So that's the funny thing about kind of Arlene and I guess kind of the situation, Steve, is like, we can't see anybody beating Cyborg that's currently on the roster. I don't know if yeah. I can see anybody not named Cyborg beating Blanco on the roster. Like, who's going to beat her that isn't Cyborg? She's still doing very good. I think she'd beat Cat. She'd beat, you know, whoever else would be coming up on her. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of people are calling for Cat to get a title fight. Well, yeah, it's, it's looking like that's what's going to be next, which next will be Cyborg. pretty rough. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't, I don't know if that's going to be any, any different from what we've seen, the past few fights. No, for no, don't think so. Um, here's the question, though, Steve: Is if and I hope, I hope that uh, you know Bellator brings in Kayla. Do they immediately give her a title shot? Do they give her Blanco, or do they give her somebody lower? How Why? do you think? That Why play just out? fucking throw her, throw her to Cyborg? Fuck it, man. right away. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do it. Just do it. If you're and put that motherfucker on pay per view. Do your first pay per view. Yeah, not a bad idea. Cyborg actually mentioned that today. Did uh, she? Yeah, she. In response to uh, one of MMA Junkies' videos, Mike Bond was talking about uh, Kayla, like if she was to come to Bellator or whatever. And then, yeah, um, I don't remember exactly what Cyborg said, but she said that like you know, there's no proof of. Kayla being able to draw or sell a, a pay-per-view. And I mean, yes, technically she is right or, you know, but I, I'd have to pull up exactly what she said, but yeah, she mentioned that, which is funny that you mentioned that as well. Um, oh, okay. Um, Aaron agrees with you, by the way. Yeah. It, there's, there's nothing else for, for Kayla Harrison. If she, if she was to go to Bellator, I mean the same for, if she goes to the UFC, she would right uh, immediate title shot against Amanda Yunus, I would think. Yeah, I mean, probably ideally for her, but um, we'll yeah, we'll get more into kind of that talk. Obviously, once we get to the UFC, um, Chuck reminding us the Belcher tried to go the pay per view route at least once. Doubt they'll make that mistake again. Well, the problem with that was they did one of those bullshit fucking yep, exactly. freak show fights, right? I don't remember which one it was. Was it it was uh wasn't it was it was Chael and Vanderlay, wasn't yeah. it? Okay, so never mind. I was thinking it for some my mind immediately went to like one of the Kimbo Dada you know, Shamrock ones, but those were on the same card actually. So uh yeah it was Chael and Vanderlay, wasn't it? So my thought about Bellator pay-per-view is 
put a bunch of title title fights on on the card, at least three. Put three title fights on the card. They have Showtime. Showtime does boxing pay per views, which are great. Um, why not? Why not go try a Bellator pay per view and see? Just stack the stack that fucking main card, though. You you can't give you can't give us Aaron Pico. Nothing against Aaron Pico, but you gotta give names that people know. It, yeah. The whole the whole main card of a pay per view, if Bellator was to go that route, has to be title fights and people that like even even fucking Fedor or something like that. I mean, it's worth a try because they haven't tried that with Showtime, right? Like Bellator 180, if my memory right. is right, that was the, the pay-per-view event. And that was the Madison Square Garden one, which was that card was fucking stacked, man. If you remember that one was loaded top to bottom, like even the prelims, like that was when Reyna fought uh, Lindsey Van Zant for the first time. Yeah. Um, I think Horiguchi Caldwell was on that one. Like that, cool. that card was crazy. Yeah. Um, but that was the rematch between them, yeah. Uh, so I, they could do it. They definitely could. Um, and I mean, what? Not a bad way to start with, you know, that fight. Obviously, a lot of buzz around both those ladies. It even have, Drake, I don't even think that it necessarily has to headline. It just has to be right. It just has to be, you know, the <clears throat> co-main event or something like that. Oh, it surely would be too. It'd be either main or co-main. I mean, Cyborg. You know, Coker obviously loves Cyborg, and Cyborg's just a huge name in general. Yeah. Uh, she, well, she's only been main event in Bellator, right? They haven't even... She's been the focus. There's no so. reason not to give her main events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, on that kind of occasion, yeah, she'd be top or, you know, co-main. So, and that, there'd be no problem with that. So, oh, look who's here. Elvin! <laughs> You love to see it. Alvin coming in with the positivity, saying, good evening, gentlemen. I have thoroughly enjoyed every single card we have been given these last two months. What incredible showing by these amazing fighters. My goodness, the man cannot be disappointed. <laughs> you love to see it. Yeah, I, don't, uh, I literally don't think that Alvin has a, can be mad at anything. I wish I was that way. <laughs> like I'm pretty, I'm able to be pretty chill when it comes to everything aside from technology, technology makes me pretty mad sometimes, but other than that, I'm pretty capable of keeping a cool head. So, uh, I need more Zen in that department. Alvin, help me out, but appreciate you coming on by always my man. As we move along to the flyweights, we just got the featherweight fights out of the way for the Bellator show, but we had two flyweight fights opening this card, Steve, and, uh, didn't expect this one. It was kind of a pleasant surprise. Sad to see, Dirty Dez lose another one, but yeah. hey, Bruno what a bummer, good. man. I mean, it was a good fight, though, but yeah. bummer for Desiree Inez. Um, Bruno Allen beat her uh, by split decision, a couple 29-28s there, and 28-29 in favor of, of uh, Desiree so, Inez. Did, this, did that surprise you? Because I thought that, you know, that Bruno won every round. Like, not like super clear, but clear enough. So when they said split, I was like, holy shit. Like, was well, I watching the same thing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it was, I think Bruna did well enough to win the fight. I yeah. do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, she, 
she's a good fighter. Yeah, no, Bruna's always been good, and I was very high yeah. on her, but uh, when she was like right when she got to Bellator, but you look at how inactive she's been recently. Yeah. I think this this was her this was her first fight since fighting Juliana Velasquez, which was like nearly two years ago. And um so yeah, it's been kind of a while since we'd seen her and she came back looking kinda like she right when she did when she arrived in Bellator, which was uh very good of her when she's beaten Vita Ortega and people like that. So uh, hopefully she can keep it up. I mean she's still only twenty six, so that's it's really not too big of a deal, but it made me not, you know, a little hesitant to pick her. So I did end up going with Desiree last weekend. Thank you, Rue. <laughs> he says he wanted Des to win since I was rooting for her as well. <laughs> but uh, I wouldn't necessarily say I was rooting for Desiree as I do like both, but I do really like Desiree as a person. You know, she's always fun to talk to and a yeah. fun fighter in general. Um, so, yeah, that was, uh, I didn't expect uh, Bruna to, to kind of show up not looking rusty. So that was kind of why I went against her. If, yeah, there was if no she, rusher at all. Yeah, looked great out there. So, um, yeah, not not super surprising, but again, not what I expected. Great to have her back. Hopefully she can get uh, somebody in the top 10 next. I don't know who you would do. Have to look at the back end. Oh, Absaragova's there and that kind of stuff. But Absaragova still, I don't know if she'd be ready for Bruna even. So we'll see. But either way, like I said, just good to have Bruna back. Yeah. Good and talented. So, all right. Now, I know you guys, last week when Steve wasn't here, I kind of had to do a little disclaimer and say that I wanted less negativity because that was my first time on the show since everyone was real upset from those two events, Steve. You remember what I'm talking about? So I kind of wanted to say, let's be more positive. I don't want to, I'm not going to show too much of the negativity that you guys might have. And please express your opinions and feelings, but maybe just don't be too harsh or just, you know, aggressively mean, even though you guys aren't really. But I know I said that last week, but I also got to tell it how it is. And I texted Steve after this fight. And <laughs> it was one of the worst fights I've seen in a good while. <laughs> yeah, but Valerie Laredo won. Um, she, <laughs> I guess. She ended up being Taylor Turner by split decision, uh, a couple, a 29 28, a 30 27, and then 28. 30 27 was a joke. Taylor that, Turner. That was a terrible card. Yeah, I mean. Like Turner it won the a, third round. It was round, a terrible sure. card. It was a terrible fight. Terrible fight. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was just not a, uh, not a good fight at all. Yeah, I I don't really want to talk about this very much because it was just it was not good, and it's just that's the thing, right? All I'll say is that, and we've known this, Steve, right? Like this is how all of Valerie's fights look because that's her fighting style. People just don't realize or they forget after she's got those two knockouts. She only has two knockouts, you guys. All of her fights well, leading up to that, like they look like fights. that as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, not a lot to look at there, but no. this is how they all go. Yeah. Unless unless you're Hannah Guy, right? Or unless you're getting... Unless you're the two people who got knocked out. Otherwise, it's just painful to watch. Um, she's still very, very green. And she... Her celebration was very over the top for this performance yeah it was um, wild actually I, I know she's rebounding and good to get back in the win column but like that was like she just won the title <laughs> so I'm, yeah. not, I'm not gonna criticize her for that but it was definitely a little bit silly in my opinion but uh 
this was this was just um, not great. So um, why is she ranked? She's not anymore, thankfully. Ah, they took yes. her off. Yes. Great. That's that's good. <laughs> yeah. And here are my here are my guys. Here's the crew. Don't even gotta mention her. Kana Army, where yet? <laughs> Waving the banner. Oh my goodness. So uh yep. That that was uh this fight happened. Um <laughs> that's all we can leave it at. <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm good with it. <laughs> what did I text you? Very crappy. Yeah, I think that's what you said. <laughs> Hey, we got CEB in the house. Christopher Edwards Bailey over from SCMP. Great to see you over here, man. I think it's the first time I've seen you commenting live. So awesome to have you. Chris, yeah. one of the most eloquent speakers out there in the podcasting game. I mean, I would tell you that much. And just a, a, a masterful salesman when it comes to reading uh, <laughs> the sponsors or whatever the show's going on. Just an overall great guy, Christopher Edwards Bailey. So I'm going to give him a, a wonderful shout out. So uh everybody is also loving the kana and fan chan cosplay from this past week mm. or a couple days ago uh, where they dressed up as chun Li. so that is that was uh worth a watch i guess <laughs> yes it was i mean entertaining i'm not gonna go as far to say some of these comments but <laughs> there they go doing their thing um so all right that was bellator 271 pretty Pretty actually, that was a pretty good card, Steve. I mean, there were a lot of crazy fucking finishes, man. Like, yeah, was it uh, uh, was it the French guy? It was the guy who got the crazy flying knee? I'm forgetting his name. Oh yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, the point, the point and finish that was nuts. Uh, Maori's a monster. I mean, Jesus, give that, give that guy a ranked opponent. What are we doing here, Bellator? Um, <laughs> yeah, a lot of good stuff on that card. Actually, you can say so. that a lot about Bellator. To be fair. <laughs> Yes, this is true. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you guys doing over there? <laughs> this is how it goes. But anyway, UFC Vegas 42 also happened. So let's break it on down. We just went from the flyweight fights to... Uh, we're going back to featherweight because this was the weekend of flyweights and featherweights, Steve. So, um, man, this is one I don't really want to talk about too much either because of the division. But <laughs> it happened. It was... Brutal. What'd you think of this? <laughs> I mean, it's been a while since Leah Letson even fought. Um, About three years. And she was in there with Felicia Spencer, who's kind of a monster. Uh, yeah, third round knock knockout by punches. You can see the elbow there. Um, I think that elbow bloodied Letson up, right? Yeah, I mean, multiple. There were some wonderful elbows from, uh, yeah. from Felicia in this one. Yeah, like a phenomenal, um, phenomenal fight from Felicia Spencer, though. Yeah, th that that was the thing, and th or this is the thing, and so mini rant incoming here, as there always is with UFC featherweight for me. But uh, this just continued to highlight the just the absolute nonsense and kind of problem of the featherweight experiment. Not even a division, an experiment, a failed experiment. <laughs> It is when you have nobody to fight and this this huge gap between actual legitimate featherweights, Felicia Spencer. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if I'd say Nunes is a legitimate featherweight because she can obviously make 135, but, you know, they have a couple of the absolute best featherweights in the world, clearly. 
Felicia is up there as well. Norma beat her, so she's in there now as well. But yeah. the gap between them and the people they make them fight is just, you know, it's it's too wide. And um, for Leah coming back after, you know, that long layoff, I mean, I didn't see any way that she would she was going to be able to win this fight. It was a tough matchup. Uh, I've not, I think that Leah has been a solid prospect prior to leaving, but this was just, you know, always going to go this way under these circumstances. And I'm just so done with it, man. And hopefully, hopefully the end is coming because I don't know if you saw, but Dana sounds like he's starting to get to that point where, all right. I mean, I it gets kind of been there where whatever Amanda wants to do, then We'll get mm -hmm. rid of it once she's done with it. Um, it's, it's, it's yeah. <laughs> we're repeating ourselves so much <laughs> with this. Dude, it's, I, it's a broken exactly. record here. Yeah, exactly. I feel like that we we talk about this every single time that we talk about a featherweight fight. We say the same exact thing over and over and over again. But I mean, we're saying it because. That's how we feel. Like it's just it hasn't got better either. No. <laughs> I mean this the stupidest thing to me is that they've never put rankings up. Well, not even the top five. Like that's yeah. You just have the champion and that's it. That's even a top it. three would suffice. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> something like realistic. Something, something to show that you give a fuck. Something. But they've never given a fuck. Since other than oh, five I, years going on five years now, I think they wanted to care when they saw Amanda Nunez and Chris Iborg and then Nunez Rector. And they were like, all right, well, this is it. And since then, it's just totally fucking tanked. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's just ridiculous. Um it's always been ridiculous. Obviously, from the jump, they had two bantamweights fight for the featherweight oh. title. I mean, yeah. it's it's just, ay ay ay, could go on and on. But been there, done that. Uh, Rue has an idea, saying just have the UFC buy Bellator and PFL's <laughs> divisions. Probably not going to happen, <laughs> but a uh, good thought. <laughs> um, I, this I'm going to repeat this as well because I say it every time. But this division is. You know, just at that point of shallowness and still still there that everyone in the world at this weight just needs to be under one roof. And that roof is Bellator. They have an actual division. Everyone needs to go there. PFLs is a blown up 145 fake. Not even. Some of them can make, you know, lighter than that. So they can. It's just shit. They fought a belt at Bantamweight. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, UFC's not going to do that. Um, no. And I don't I don't think I want them to at this point anyway. Just no. give up. Just let it go. Yeah. <laughs> and Chris is asking, who do you guys, who you guys think has the best 145 right now? UFC or Bellator and Kayla and Megan Anderson elevate Bellator's division above UFC. Well, Chris, as I pretty much just said right there. Yeah. Bellator has the better division. They have a division. That's the thing. They have they a division. Have one, yeah. <laughs> they have does rankings. Not have they have rankings. They have a division. They have a, a great champion. Um, they have contenders. 
whereas we can't say anything other than champion for the UFC. Yep, they have they have Amanda and Felicia, and I don't I don't even yeah. count Norma much because she still she even want can't to fight make bantamweight at one forty five. Yeah. Like she's she just okay wants with consistency. It. Yeah, of course, she's yeah, okay with yeah. it, but she would rather fight at one thirty five. Yeah. Yeah. Such a trip. Man. Such a trip. Like. I'm just over it, man. <laughs> I'm so done with it. Uh, but, but Felicia Spencer looked great. Yeah, she looked awesome. <laughs> she absolutely dominated. So can't uh, can't go wrong there. I mean, Leah um, Lutzen's uh, also a bantamweight. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. She uh, has fought a bantamweight as well, and um, yep. I'm sure that's where she'll be in her next fight, Steve. <laughs> Pretty likely. I mean, yeah. I kind of has to happen i would think right yeah but you know who else looked great kgb yeah um and jay lee beat cynthia calvillo uh second round knockout or just retirement i guess um ah calvillo had nothing man kind of a bummer bummer yeah, I don't know um, what's kind of happened with her. And well, been, I feel like we've been saying. First of all, she's not using her goddamn fucking wrestling, which she's that's, really good at. That's what I was getting at. Um, it's been happening for a while now. And, you know, it's been baffling that she's just abandoned her wrestling practically entirely. Yes, she tried a little bit in this one, but just not nearly as aggressively oh, no. as we are used to seeing her. Yeah. We're, we're used to seeing her on her come up, uh, looking her best. Um, not not even a single attempt against Andrade. Didn't try to take Jukajian down. Took down Jessica I, which look at that. She looked great in that fight. Won fairly comfortably. Other than that, we haven't really seen it since what the Marina fight. Like she's just completely gotten away from it, and it's not you know not helping her very much, obviously. Um, but at the same time. Andrea Lee was just sensational uh, in this fight as well, Steve. Like she's turned it around, man. Yeah, like maybe her best performance, at least in the UFC. Um, yeah, she looked fantastic here, but at the same time, Cynthia did not come in with the uh, game plan she should have. So it's weird. It's weird. I'm I'm very curious to see what uh, she does next. Because what the, is that three in a row now? I mean, this is Chukagian, then Andrade, and then this one. I'm pretty sure. So yeah. crazy, very crazy. Um, and you know, kind of rough and sad, like you were saying, especially to see you know her kind of admit defeat in the corner or whatever. Um, didn't get audio on that moment, but could see that you know she was uh she was defeated accepting it there yeah, yeah literally yeah no yeah i mean but she like looked the you know M yeah mentally gone just, it wasn't there yeah such a bummer yeah get to see that yeah and uh yusuf saying fast track and calvillo to the top 15 versus i was a mistake there should have been a slow build yep very very uh very true uh, i did always think that was kind of interesting that they did throw her 
Uh, I mean, I think we all agree that Jessica I wasn't, you know, number one or two where she was ranked at that time that she fought Calvio. But since she was, that was a big jump for her to move divisions like that. But yeah, yeah, it obviously would have been better use of. So who knows? We'll see what happens as ghost says Calvio has some really bad cage awareness. She put herself against the cage for Andrade and bent down for these front kicks and triangle kicks. Ah, that dude. is uh, why true. does she lower herself? Like I, maybe, maybe she was, maybe she was thinking I'm going to go for the takedown. And then she like got kicked. I don't know. Like it's like undisciplined. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just odd. You know, sometimes these, um, these kind of things happen, maybe more mental issues. Cause I, yeah. I mean, we know what she can do, right? It's just a matter of making it happen. It seems like, but ghost also mentioning not to mention like in that pick, Calvia likes to dip her head when she attacks. Yeah. Yeah, she's not yeah. exactly the best striker. I mean, she kind of she's kind of wild striking. I just she's a wrestler. Like, use your wrestling for fuck's sake. Use your wrestling. <laughs> I mean, her uh, her boxing was good early on, but it's because she mixed in her wrestling a lot more too. You know, like that really helped a lot. But now it's just become practically straight up her trying to box, which is clearly yeah, not yeah. going well. That doesn't work. You can't you can't just think you're a striker all of a sudden and lose your lose what you're actually really good at. And the weirdest thing I think about this case with her is the fact that she's seen it not work like two two direct times before this now. So it's like it's uh it's just very interesting. But so Scott actually brings a, a a fair point. Can it right? Yeah, you did mention that she was able to bully fighters to straw weight, but at 125, no dice. That's that's fair. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. I think you mentioned that to me on Twitter too. So I'm glad you mentioned that now, Scott. Um, yeah, very true. Very, very true. Much she's in a weird spot in that regard where this seemed like the straw weight cuts obviously became maybe a little bit too much for her, but then yeah, at 125. Some of these girls are just a bit more built for the division, um, or just stronger. So, yeah, yeah that's that's very true. Well, and Trey uh, Lee, and welcome in, Mr. Beckham and Dave, by the way. Hello, guys. <laughs> what were you saying? Um, Sorry, <laughs> no, I, I, Andrea Lee looked great in this fight, though. Like, we're talking about Calvillo, which she. Like how disappointing yeah, yeah. it ran. But Andrea Lee deserves all the props because she looked great in the two rounds that they put on, that she put on. Oh yeah. hundred percent. She should um she should be very she should be pretty close to a title shot now. I mean that's two in a row. Cynthia was ranked what nine ten ish. I don't think two fights, maybe max. You know, give her give her somebody somebody up there. Uh she, and she Jerry was, Lee is at great. number She's seven. Now. Okay, yeah. She so, went up. She went up five. Maybe you could do. 
Uh, maybe not Lauren Murphy rematch, but either way, she's uh, looking awesome right now before this fight as well. So, Chikajian would be good. Yeah, that wouldn't be bad. That, that might be the one to go with. So, <clears throat> uh, Go says, while I agree with Steve that she needs to use her wrestling, she needs to strike into wrestling exchanges since it's easy to stuff takedowns without the threat of strikes. And that's kind of what she did so well on the come up, right? And I mentioned her right. boxing there. Yeah was working when she mixed in her wrestling like she did at strawweight. So uh, good point there, Ghosts, for sure. Uh, Dave pointing out how Andrea looked way bigger. Yeah, I mean, she's a natural flyweight, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas Yeah, yeah. I mean, Calvillo literally fought most of her career at one at 115. Yep, exactly. And go saying, unless you are Khabib, you can't just close the distance with just wrestling. Shooting from a uh, from distance is not the smartest thing to do. That is accurate. I mean, some other people can make it work, but yes, that's the very best example. <laughs> Ghost uh, Dave saying Calvillo suspended between the weight divisions. Yeah, I'll bet, and he agrees that it would be a fun fight with Chukagian. Yeah, I, I like uh, stamina is here as well. Hope everyone is of good health and good cheer. Thanks for tuning in, pal. So, yeah, um, Andrea Lee looked awesome. Cynthia Calvillo, we'll see what's next for her. I Dana likes her a lot, so I don't know if they would cut her, but she should take some time, sort, them th sort some things out, obviously. She uh, literally just changed gyms. She just changed gyms. It's not a gym thing. She's not going to change gyms again, I don't think. Um, I think it's in her head, man. Yeah, yeah, very well might be. As Dave says, Calvillo is a great case for dirty boxing against the cage, especially against a lengthy fighter like KGB. Wouldn't hurt to try. <laughs> uh, all right, so last fight of UFC at Vegas 42, also in the flyweight division. And Courtney Casey back in the win column. Steve, what did you think of this fight? Yeah, I actually didn't see her beating uh, Jojua. Um you didn't but, like you didn't yeah. think she would, or you didn't no, see no. it. I didn't think that she okay. would. She okay. definitely, she definitely won the fight. But I didn't like going in. I wouldn't have picked Courtney Casey to beat Jojo. Really? I I, no, I don't think so. Jojo has looked good recently. I mean, <laughs> you might be forgetting. <laughs> she had the Maverick fight before this one. Well, didn't look okay, so well, great I mean, right there. <laughs> yeah. But then before Brent that, would be Courtney Casey too. Yes, that's true. But uh, before that, she had the Diana Belbita loss, which or won, she won that fight. But Belbita was piecing her up on the feet, knocked her yeah. down, and then you know, kind of stupidly ran into her guard and got submitted there. Uh, then before that was the bantamweight fight, where she looked very bad against. Sarah Morris. Yeah, maybe and... maybe Jojo is not that good. <laughs> yeah, she, she is all right from the bottom. Maybe I want Jojo to be better than what she is. That, that could be it because uh, her striking is just very kind of surprisingly not there. And as a result, uh, she also missed weight in this, for this fight. And uh, now she is no longer in the UFC. They cut her after this. So yeah, if that's you how guys... bad she was, I guess. 
Yeah, if you guys did not see that news, there's some news for you before we get to the news. Um, yeah, just just rough. Courtney Casey looked great here, and it's funny because it was like I think we it was safe to say looking at the careers of if you kind of just look at Jojua, you've seen that her striking is not great. So it was safe to assume her best path to victory was on the ground where she has, you know, gotten most of her wins. Uh, and yeah. the fight IQ was just kind of bad in this one because she got late takedowns, Steve. What was in the first two rounds? What do we got here? Looking at the stats. Uh, definitely the first round. It was the first and third round. Third round. She got yeah. the late takedowns way too late. <laughs> like they were pretty easy, but she went for them at the, the absolute wrong time. <laughs> like she, it maybe could have been different for her, but she just uh, waited far too long and got pieced up the entire fight. Casey looked great on the feet, but again, not exactly the uh, you know best best striking coming back at her. But is what it is, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, Little well, asking. Got, at least what, we got to see Max. Holloway and Yair Rodriguez. That was definitely a treat. But <laughs> Litchold says, you guys think JoJo signs with Bellator Invicta? IMO, she should have to go to Invicta or LFA. Um, Invicta would be good, I guess. But, I think, yeah. I like the Invicta or LFA option there, Litchold. Uh, Bellator, I don't think she should go to, but I... If she does, like it would be because she's teammates with well, teammates and best friends with Diana Absaragova and Irina Alexeva. Like maybe they have some pull because they're winning, but uh I don't I don't think that's probably the best idea for Joju until she really works on some of these issues she's having as well. Uh Invicta still might even be tough for her, but that's probably a better option. But we'll see. We'll see what she does next. Um, yeah, so good, good performance from Casey though. She looked good out there. Yeah, and got the win, a much needed win, uh, and she got a little extra money for uh, JoJo a missing weight. So that's always that's always nice <laughs> if you win <laughs> a little extra. But all right, so. That was UFC Vegas 42, right as we approach the one-hour mark. whole lot of fights to talk about. Plenty more things to get into here right now. Yes, Stamina, Jojua got the scissors. Is it yesterday? I think they uh, said that. Either way, yep, she is gone, along with a couple others, which we will talk about here momentarily. As Steve mentions, Gonzo. <laughs> but... It's time for the mailbag, and we got actually a pretty decently sized uh, collection of mail here today. Um, I believe somebody chimed in on your tweet right after, or right earlier today, and then we got some here from uh, my tweet, which let me pull up momentarily. Here it is. Starting off with Mr. Beckham, who believe is here in the chat still he's asking a little bit about uh the upcoming fight this weekend where he's staying with a tate win title shot 
I believe I've seen her live twice. Great buildup to her fights, and I believe she was on the wrong end of both of them. Ronda was the first one after the oh. fighter, and the next one was UFC 200. So, Steve, a little bit of a mini preview for the preview, but does Misha get the title shot with the win? What do we think? I mean, probably. She probably does. UFC loves her. Um, she's incredibly marketable. She's a former, former champ. champ. Yeah. She's a former champion. Um, she's well known. She, yeah, I looked, mean, looked great in her last fight. Yeah, you know, I mean, this is this is the makings, I think, for a, a title shot. I would much rather see her get a title shot than Holly Holm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I think she 100 percent is going to get a title shot if she wins, and especially and almost solely because of the fact that GDR and Aldana didn't happen. Like, let's say Irene wins that one. Still not, not exactly a lock, but a pretty good chance. You know, Dana likes her a lot, and I mean, she would have earned it with that. But now that that fight didn't happen, it leaves it pretty much leaves the path completely paved for Misha here if she wins, and especially yeah. if she looks as good as she did in her last time out. Right. Uh, so, and she's everywhere, yeah. man. She has her own couple of like, well, a podcast with Renee Paquette on Sirius XM, mm -hmm. and then she does shows with like Jimmy Smith. Like, she's everywhere, man. She does media like crazy. She's it's it would be perfect for the UFC if Misha Tate were to get another get a title shot. Yeah, big time rematch, easily sellable. Uh, yeah, that would be sure. yeah, that'd be too easy. Like she's Yusuf, yeah, yeah. And uh, Yusuf mentioning what I did. Aldana will if she beats GDR. Yes, but we don't know when that's happening. We don't know when that's happening yet. <laughs> Yusuf, I wish it would have happened two weeks ago or <laughs> whenever right. UFC 268 was. But, uh, yeah. So, all right. And Rue coming into the mailbag while we're looking in. He says, well, since we we're doing the mailbag, why did Henry Cejudo get flack for training Whaley and now getting flack for training John Jones? What's wrong with training people who want to improve themselves? Well, I think that there's a lot more justifiable flack for John Jones, <laughs> Rue, than Whaley. There's no reason to give... No reason for him to get flack for Whaley, but John Jones, who was literally just kicked out of his gym, and now he's picking up the scraps. <laughs> so, and a guy who, you know, got some problematic stuff going on. That's a little bit more understandable. Uh, yeah, sure. There's, no, there's nothing wrong with wanting to improve yourself. But what does it even matter where John Jones goes or Whaley goes or whomever? What does it matter where they go to train? Fighters train with ever with fighters. They they literally go and travel for just training sessions. What does it matter that John Jones is training with Henry Cejudo? Henry Cejudo is one of the best wrestlers out there. He was a former champion, division champion. He was literally a two division champion. He's an Olympic medalist, gold medalist. Like what the fuck? Who? who what does it fucking matter? Where John Jones goes. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> I mean, Drake, does it matter? Does it matter who, I mean, who Henry Cejudo brings in? I mean, he can do whatever he wants. <laughs> exactly. So, 
Dude, the best want to train with the best, no? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Habib was training with Daniel Cormier. They were champions together at the same time. Nobody was talking shit about Habib training with Daniel Cormier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, bigger, more problematic personalities, I suppose. No, I mean, yeah, I get it. John Jones is a dickhead. Fine. But, I mean... <laughs> The man still has to train somewhere, right? He's not going to be training in his fucking garage. Well, he ain't fighting right now, so yeah. But <laughs> he's gotta, he's gotta kind of, kind of get himself right, and I think training, training, staying fit and training would do that. Would help him do that. Yeah. So Rue responding here to you. <laughs> Fucking hilarious. Who the fuck's calling him a communist for bringing in Whaley? I mean, that's ridiculous. Well, you know how Fucking the community idiot. is. Fucking idiots, these people. Uh, like, I don't even think that people know what communism is. Like, I don't think that people really know what communism is. And they just fucking call people communists. Because they think well, it... Because they think it's fucking, you know, cool to say co communism. You're a communist. Well, those, if you're making those kind of comments, then you're obviously racist. So <laughs> that's, that's uh, how that goes. Um, and Chuck chiming in as well saying, uh, John Jones beat his wife. That's why people have a hard time with Henry training him. And that's kind of what I was alluding to, I mean obviously. Right, but he still has the right to train. I get it. I, like I said, he's a dickhead. Yes, he's an asshole. He's a fucking. He's a piece. He's might be a piece of shit. You know, I mean, but he still has to train. And Henry Cejudo has the right to bring in whoever he wants to bring in. Yeah. What Henry Cejudo is doing is building a stable. It's a crazy place over there right now. Fight ready. So. Stamina saying, I'll wager those aren't the same people for both fighters. And even if they are, so what? You're placed, you place too much stock in that sort of fuckery roof. Starve that nonsense of oxygen. It's way too, it's the way forward. <laughs> there you go. Wise words from Stamina. Yeah. As we continue sifting through the mailbag here. Uh, Sammy, I see you. We'll get to you here in a sec. Let's go back a little bit. So Scott... Uh, asking about KGB and Lee. We kind of, you know, we did talk about that just now, but specifically he's asking who should be next for both KGB, Lee, no. and Kelvio. I think we can agree, Steve, that we like the Chukagian one. I think that's, yeah. that's yeah, good. Yeah, I think Chukagian's a good fight for Andrea Lee. Kelvio needs to get her shit right. She needs to take time off because she came back. Too, I feel like she came back too fast from that Andrade loss. Yeah, oh, definitely, 100%. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. So depending on kind of where things are at the time, um, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, depend if, if Calvio yeah. does, if she takes time off like we kind of think she should and sort things out, don't know how long that will be and who will be where in the division. But I would say somebody like around the back end of the top 15, I think that's pretty fair to say. Right, I mean, she just lost three in a row, so. Yeah, and there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of hungry girls in that division, moving up. 
Yeah, absolutely. Maybe uh, maybe Molly might not be a bad one. You know, she's got some wins now. Um, she's not. Is she ranked? I don't know. I don't think so. But you know, she's somebody who's not ranked and then coming off wins. Maybe do that because obviously Calvillo getting four in a row would be less than ideal. But that's still yeah, that's a Molly reasonable likes, fight, I think. Molly likes to strike. So yeah, I think it would be the same shit over again. And at the same time, literally at the same time, uh, Yusuf and Scott both just mentioned Calvio versus Furo. <laughs> he says, you guys will be cruel, but how about that fight? Would be good for yeah. Manon. Yeah, it would be very good for her, <laughs> but not for Calvio. So. Um, I also saw, it's funny you mentioned that, Scott, because I've seen, I saw mentions of Furo versus Andrea Lee as well, which I love that fight at some point when that happens. It's going to be amazing. Shouldn't be next, though, because... Andrea should fight upward after that, after that win. Um, so I wouldn't do that one next, but you're over as Calvio more logical, but yeah, that's uh that's definitely a rough uh, fourth potential loss for Calvio. Um, yeah. And ghost is curious about what we have to say about Sammy's question coming up right now. So let's look at it. I kind of glanced over it. So, uh let's let's take a gander here i think he even tagged you didn't he ghost so he really wanted you to see that let's get into it sammy uh thanks for asking but i know you're watching maybe not live i know you go back and watch but here we are steve this is a little bit of a doozy i think <laughs> but from what i did see he says in chris barnett versus jean Vellante, um barnett was doing the superman punch or superman jab into run-up low kick and slapping the leg with his foot. DC and Rogan were saying that that's not a real low kick and should not score, and it's not doing any damage. But that was the entire output of Valentina Shevchenko against Amanda Nunes, too. It was the only technique that she used. Uh, Valentina kept getting backed up against the fence and doesn't like it, so she jumps over the top of Nunes's guard and runs up and does a slappy low kick. <laughs> slappy. <laughs> and then he says, but DC and Rogan praised her for that, saying that she's been very effective. Why is there such a double standard with certain fighters? And then he shouts out Ghost. <laughs> so what do you make of that? I don't know. That's a lot. Um, <laughs> that's a lot to take in. <laughs> yeah. Is this like a, is this Yusuf? <laughs> so Yusuf, man, Sammy. Are, are you, are you going by a different name? Chuck says he apparently got it from Jack Slack. <laughs> um, okay, makes sense. Yeah, well, I don't. Um, I, don't <laughs> I don't even know how to fucking answer this. I didn't hear that commentary since I was at that fight, um, and I don't remember it. The and first... I don't listen to commentary. Yeah, Steve doesn't listen. Um, I don't remember that for the Valentina fight, but probably, I guess. If I was Whoa, to give you a solid answer Whoa, here. Christopher, calm down. Calm down, guy. Chris <laughs> saying he doesn't like DC and Rogan together. Mrs. Dominic, my man, he knows what's up. Need more crews on there. Um, Nobody misses Dominic Cruz. Oh, we all do. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, my, my best, I guess, answer I could give you, Sammy, would be maybe... Valentina 
performed it better. I'm sure her technique was a lot better than uh, Chris Barnett's. I would have to go back and watch. But I think that's a pretty safe guess. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen that rematch, but maybe so. Uh, yeah, I don't even know. And I mean, in, in general, in general, obviously, Steve, you're going to agree with this, but DC and Rogan, uh, more for entertainment value than legitimate commentary at this stage. Uh, Rogan specifically has gotten, you know, worse and worse, I think, over time. DC <laughs> has moments, but they're pretty much podcasting when they're on commentary these days, I would say. So don't take it to. And Anik doesn't even talk anymore. Yeah, you forget he's there. <laughs> Just <Yeah>. reading ads. <laughs> yeah, he literally says the Modelo thing and fucking you don't hear from him for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Stamina saying Jack Slack. Ha ha. Shenanigans. His Valentina Shevchenko tweets are like nothing else on earth with a big smile. He's such face. a hater. It's hilarious. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Yusuf also misses Dominic. And Dave says Dominic Cruz equals small angry man. How dare you, Dave? <laughs> you have lost Dave. points with me. And he you also says points with me, Dave. <laughs> he says DC and Rogan out there together is like boy and I out in quotes. It is. Yes. It's terrible. Uh, Go says uh, that's hilarious, but DC and Rogan are the same booth that podcast the entire time. Don't take them seriously. Yep, exactly. They are there yeah. for entertainment. <laughs> so. Oh, I don't think that was the end. Sorry about that. Uh, that was the end for Sammy. Appreciate it regardless, Sammy. Uh, shenanigans, though. You get the shenanigans stamp from Stamina, so sorry about that. I don't make the rules. Um, and then Litchold, who is here, as always, appreciate you, sir. He's asking for any news on Mizuki Inoue and Kanako Murata. So nothing specifically, but they both are coming off of surgeries. Obviously, Mizuki tore her ACL after her last fight and i mean that was a good while ago now so she should be pretty close to coming back you would think um right steve you know just how that recovery goes yeah. roughly a year for most so she should be pretty close to coming back i would think assuming it's all gone well as for kanako had surgery on the elbow after you know the verna loss so don't think that's as long of recovery time as it would be for acl that's you know a pretty unique case um, but it should be around the same time. Kanako should be getting closer as well. So I think that we should see them soon. I would imagine um, if things have gone all fine with their recovery. And I know Kanako has been in the gym recently. I haven't seen if the same is for Mizuki, but I think we're close. Little, not no specific, uh, updates though. Unfortunately, looking forward to both of them coming back though. That's for sure. Um, Chris says he loves Cruz's negativity. Plus, there's nothing wrong with short people. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> nothing wrong at all. Uh, Rue says he liked the question. He thought it was legit. All right, so there you go, Sammy. Get some points from Rue. <laughs> um, Jin says, "Haha, Sammy, for the award for question of the day." All right, you get some more points from Jin as well. Dave says Drake and Steven. Have <laughs> either of you watched Dang Go on Netflix? <laughs> <laughs> that's the Bogot story. I mean, that's like, yeah, that's <laughs> like, fuck, nobody calls me Steven, dude. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my god that's one of the funniest things we've had on the show in a while <laughs> uh, <laughs> i'm gonna start calling you steven now <laughs> i don't oh, i legit don't know when the last time i was called steven like that's <laughs> i actually I, I think i used to call you steven fucking when we started the show <laughs> i think so like when we first met each other because i think I think you added this Steven on like your Slack or whatever. So I was like, no oh, way. I think so, no dude. <laughs> no, there's no way that I had Steven on my Slack, dude. I've, I've literally never gone by Steven like in my entire fucking life. I might be thinking of somebody else. <laughs> yeah, not me, Drake. Uh, I know with Alexander, <laughs> I, I I generally call him Alexander because that's how you know he spells it out. But I'll call him Alex every now and then. Shout out to you, man, if you're tuning in. Uh, been a while since we caught up, but yeah, that's hilarious. Um, either way, Dave, no, I haven't seen it yet. Um, I honestly don't get around to watching as much like shows and movies as I would like to these days. Um, I generally just play games in my free time, <laughs> at least I have lately. So uh, no, but uh, is it good? Have you seen this, Steve? I have not. Cool that she should, had should we watch it? I guess we her. should watch it. Yeah, I mean, before the finals, right? She's taken on yeah, the finals now. I didn't even know that they made something about her. That's cool. Yeah, I'm I'm assuming it's kind of uh, based around her her whole family, I would imagine. But yeah, yeah. Um, what was I? Oh, uh, no. Speaking of Netflix, what was I going to say about Netflix? Something on there. It'll come back. Okay. Uh, Jimmy says, if Ghost thought that question was funny, then it's legit. <laughs> there you go. More points, Sammy. Uh, Chris is asking, with the big names, Tate at plus 100. Interesting. Loma at plus 138 and JoJo at plus 260. Which one would you guys bet on this weekend? Well, Chris, we're going to save that for the preview. I'm not going to answer that right now because that is exactly the talk we'll get into there. Because uh, we got the odds and everything up when we talk about that. Good question, though. Um, unless, Steve, unless you want to make a quick uh, bet here. No. We, we, can we, talk about it. It. we can talk about it during the during the show. Bring okay, bring okay. this back up. Right. Right, right, right. All right. Uh, what do we got here? Rain says, anytime I see Valentina Slander, I give it a thumbs up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Everybody's jumping on that. Uh, <laughs> Stamina says you got to catch a screener of Bruise today. That is Halle Berry's movie with oh. Valentina as well. Oh, look at uh, you, Stamina. Yeah. I want to see a screener Bruise. Worth a watch when it drops on Netflix. It's not a fight movie, but the combat is actually fairly well portrayed. I would hope so if uh, you know, Valley had real fighters helping her out. Yeah. So that's uh, good to hear. It's very good to hear the uh, trailer. I mean, I saw like a little clip from it and people... We're not too impressed with it. I don't even remember actually what it looked like. So I'm pretty blind about the movie other than that back knowledge I have, you know, having spoken to Shannon about it and everything. But uh, yes. Ah, I know what I was going to ask you. Um, Dave real quick says he needed this and he missed us. Missed you too. Oh, Dave. <laughs> um, there's, that, there's that documentary about Nico Montano. Ah, yeah. Interesting. I did, I did not get to see that yet either, but um, 
I've interacted with the director a little bit, actually. So there's clearly, you know, there's stuff going on <laughs> with that whole situation yeah. right now. Yep, yep, um, yep. So did you see that one? What did you make of that? Interesting. Very interesting. Um, how about you watch it, and then we'll talk about it on the show. All right, good idea. Good idea. Um, I think what, what's it on, by the way? Uh, shit, he sent me the link. I don't even know. Okay. I don't think it's on anything. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, that's the that's the weird thing about it. So uh, <laughs> I, I could probably ask him as well. Yeah, I think it's I think it's like some weird fucking link. Actually, I don't probably even I don't know if it's still showing. I think it was like a the weekend showing or something like that. I don't even right. know, yeah. man. It was interesting though. It was it was interesting. There are things that there are things that were kind of offensive toward Nico Montano in that thing, in that documentary. Okay. I'll have to check it out, definitely, because uh, obviously following that story fairly closely. Um, so, yeah, we'll get back to that one yeah. maybe next week. If I find I'll try to find time. it, and I see you, Dave. I'll, I'll try to find it for you. Oh, yeah. There we go. Um, and Dave says, uh, must watch for Dangal. It's the family story, as I thought. Cool, cool, cool. Jen says he saw the Fogot movie since Whaley references it on her English teacher's YouTube channel. Okay. on um, Are we talking about Ramiz or somebody else here, Jen? Let me know about that. Um, yeah, very cool, though. Uh, let's see what else we got. All right. So that is it for that part of the mailbag. But like I said, I believe that there were some in Steve's. So let me scroll on down here. And Steve's part of the mailbag. Yeah, Yusuf came in. We got some potential Yusuf shenanigans, guys. <laughs> what do we got here? I didn't see this. Yusuf in the mailbag. There he goes. He's, he brings it up. He said some questions. Um, someone said on the Dan Hardy podcast, they know someone around Whaley's camp who said the following. Whaley has loads of potential to get better, but there are fundamentals she's not good at as they don't work on it in China. Would you believe like this statement? But did they say what what exactly they were? I don't know if I believe it or not. I need I think I need to know right. what she needs to get better at, what they think she needs to get better at. What does she need to get better at? I don't I don't know. Yeah, that's kind of a question or phrase that needs uh not phrase, but um quote that needs a little more context, <laughs> a little bit more specifics. Like you said, they're like, well, what, what are the, what are the specific fundamentals that she's not good at? Right, right, right. That's what we need to know that what they think, whoever said that, what they think the fundamentals are. If Yusuf, you're here, if you remember or whatever, if they said it, what are the fundamentals? And then we can go back and. Yeah. I mean, the person's perspective, whoever said that they could be coming from, a perspective of i don't know let's say let's say a boxing background or somewhere yeah not yeah. related to asia china necessarily because obviously for a lot of chinese fighters their roots will be roots will be rooted i guess you could say in uh sanda you know because that's the biggest you know martial mm. art that they generally um practice you, so you said they weren't even specified so 
We have okay, no idea what you're yeah. even talking about. Yeah, but um, yeah, exactly. Ghost mentioning it too. Fundamentals. What do you consider a fundamental? There's fundamentals in striking and wrestling, grappling. Be specific. Yeah, that's. Yeah, it's hard to you can't really answer, <laughs> Yusuf. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, literally can't answer it without without knowing the context. Uh, as as Dave says, it's a, an open ended question. We literally don't know. See, that's that's one of those dumb things. Then it's like, why even mention that on the podcast? Why even do that? Yeah, <laughs> if you're not gonna be specific yeah, exactly. about it. I mean, dude, if you're gonna if you're gonna say something. Say it with your chest, like just fucking put your put your name to what you're saying. Mm, yeah, yeah. Interesting, but uh, Jin says yes. We are talking about Ramiz. Whaley says wrestling father movie is very good. Uh, Ritu wins TKO. Very good. Was this recent, Jin? Or uh, oh. let me. I'm curious about this more. Tell me a little bit more about it though, because I know that. Uh, Ramiz hadn't worked with Whaley since pre-pandemic, obviously. But, uh, yeah, Ramiz is the man. So definitely, if you guys have not gone and checked out his channel before, The English Journey with Whaley, yeah. uh, br brilliant content from him, brilliant stuff. Very, very jealous of what he's been able to do, but props to him. And then uh, Yusuf also, also asking, uh, why did Whaley struggle to land her power shots versus Rose? Her ability to understand distance wasn't good. Uh, Steve, you being the wrestling guy, how good was Whaley's wrestling versus Rose? And can she apply it versus the rest of the division? I mean, she looked, she looked all right, um, against Rose Namunis, right? I mean, she arguably won because of that. Yeah. <laughs> that, especially what the, the final round or the, was it the, the third round? Uh, the third round. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking three round fight. That was the thing. That was the thing about that. Just to go back to it was in that third round, up until the last minute, it was very, very tight. You know, it was very close. And then Whaley hits that excellent takedown. I believe it was kind of a single kind of trip. She pushed her over. Remember, she got her hand like on the side of her face and kind of pushed her over when she's off balance. Yeah. Gets on her back. When I was watching that live, I thought her arm was under her neck for the rear naked, but she got on her back. She was working for it. Then Whaley gets to mount with like 10 to 5 seconds left, right? And she lands a big, big fucking elbow and maybe a punch after that, just like two shots. And it's like those dominant, that dominant minute right there. It's like she, that, those were some good positions. Obviously, she didn't have it for too long. And how much damage did she do with it? That kind of thing. But that was some effective control. Like that was kind of the sway I think a lot of people had for that third round, and you know maybe even swayed me on the rewatch. Um, uh, and it was like, man, she very well could have finished that if there was more time. If that wasn't the end of the round, Rose was in deep trouble in that spot. So, yeah, it's pretty pretty good, <laughs> pretty good in that regard. Yeah, I mean, she. I feel like that she did a, a good job. Um, and she had five takedowns total, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's five, actually five pretty takedowns. good. Look, Rose isn't the best at... She gets taken down fairly easily. We've seen Tisha do it. Obviously, we saw Carla yeah. do it. Um, yeah. But also, those are... Uh, Carla, it, 
is going to happen. Curl, that's what yes. she does. She, yeah, yeah. she yeah. drives people until she gets she gets them their ass on on the mat. But Whaley doing for Whaley to do it when she's not known, she when she's more known as a striker. Yeah. I don't think about, I don't think it's it, a lot about Whaley. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. So she's clearly yeah, she's clearly worked on that being in Henry Cejudo's camp. Surprise, surprise. Right. <laughs> what do you know? Yeah. But, exactly. It doesn't it's again, we're gonna go back to Henry Cejudo. It's not shocking to me that he's getting people to come to his gym. Not shocking at all. You might not like him for whatever reasons or whatever he might be a tiny little man and a douchebag or whatever, but he's, but I mean, you know, uh, he's a champion and he's very good at what he does. He might be a good teacher. Yeah. I think that is definitely safe to say, get a text. <laughs> um, and mentioning Nico too, she's also going to fight ready. I don't know if uh, you heard her uh, interview with uh, Damon Martin today, Steve, but yeah, she's, uh, also I, going down there. I don't see. I, that's also very. She's good. also from Arizona, though, right? So no, New Mexico. Oh right, yeah, that area. But close enough, right? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly, Dave. Like, why wouldn't anybody go and train with that man if he's bringing people in? Why wouldn't? I mean, I think it was smart for Whaley to go. Sure, she lost the fight, but five takedowns. Five take takedowns without going for, to a camp with Sandra Suudo, she might only have one. Five, five takedowns. Yeah, Pretty definitely good. true. Pretty good, James. James asking. This one is for us, of course. He says, Whaley's distance control was really good, but why does everyone seem to believe that she did bad? Probably, I would imagine, because the wrestling maybe overshadowed everything for some people because we don't see that too often from her in the UFC. And yeah. then uh, there were, I feel like, a lot of times, at least from what I remember on that rewatch, where she was maybe on the back foot a little bit more than Rose was. So automatically that makes people feel like you're not doing very well from a distance management perspective um perhaps but he also adds uh that jack slack says she did a great job forcing rose to overextend but yusuf seems to believe that only closing the distance is the only answer uh well i mean she hurt rose and you know rose hurt her as well I mean, yeah, it was it was a very much back and forth fight yeah yeah it's it's interesting though to see kind of all the different analytical takeaways people have been having about this because last week steve uh i don't remember who mentioned it but they were saying that you know some of the other people they watch uh, might have been sammy actually or you know that there's been people saying that this was like whaley's worst performance is like hello well <laughs> i think that's kind of it's either objectively wrong because she arguably won or 
her worst is pretty damn good if you think that was her worst when she again arguably won so it's like uh i would not agree with that but yeah i don't agree with that at all yeah very interesting takes here sky gentleman insane he misses triple c i'm sure there's gonna be everybody has an opinion man you you've heard you've heard it everybody has an opinion right everybody you you and i agree a lot drake but we also disagree people disagree and agree on things no matter where you come from what you've been through in your lives we agree we disagree it's just what it is i don't give a shit what people think on social media literally don't care anymore like i I used to look a lot into it and all that crap i've i've been less on social media the past month for reasons there are Specific reasons for that. I fucking, I can't stand the new. <laughs> My the new, Oh god! <laughs> I haven't even seen what he's been doing. <laughs> triggered. That has triggered him. Oh, man. <laughs> I cannot fucking stand that bastard. Him and Adam Schefter can both fucking suck a dick. <laughs> I completely derailed that. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I get, but, I get what you're getting at. You know, social media is a cesspool of opinions. Look, everybody has one, man. It's just weed out the people that really matter. Weed them out. Weed out the people whose opinions really matter. And if their opinions don't matter to you, Fuck everybody else. Can't argue with that. You can't get, you can't let what other people think get to you. Like you can't, you should, you shouldn't let what you're going to disagree with almost everybody on social media. If you're, if there's opinions out there, you're going to disagree with, with everybody. Just fuck them. Well said. <laughs> Dude, I, I mean, I don't even I don't know what else to say. Stamina says, here's my question. Why do people consistently come here asking for explanations of opinions that nobody here actually espouses? <laughs> That's a good, that is a good question. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, who, who gives a shit about these people? Yeah. If these I'm, people start coming onto our chat and start asking these questions, then Obviously, Drake and I are going to answer them. Until then, I can give a fuck what they think. <laughs> there we go. Um, and Yusuf saying he just thought Whaley didn't land enough of her power shots. All right. Fair. Fair take. Um, yeah. Uh, fair. And James, uh don't know exactly which ones you're talking about. So please remind us. If you would like, uh, Dave saying Drake Dominic Cruz is a small angry man. Why are we going back to this, Dave? Come on now, <laughs> he's my small angry man. Don't you disrespect me on my own show? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> okay, um, Ghost says, Guys, I got to meet Whaley and see her train. All the stuff she did was part of the game plan. There were certain things she was supposed to do in the fourth and fifth round, but overall, good stuff from her. 
Yeah, seems like she followed it pretty well. Uh, choo choo, motherfucker. Um, all right. <laughs> Dave trolling you saying, can you explain it further? Not sure. I get it. Uh, and Ghost says, and you guys need to realize her approach to striking and creating angles gives her better defense. That is very true as well. But all right. We can get out of the mailbag there, right at the one. I don't hour. know if you saw, but I gave. I saw. I saw. I definitely did. <laughs> Gotta <Yeah>. love it. <laughs> all right. Let's get to the news. Here we go. Oh, stamina throwing out the uh, the bait there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. News time as we yeah. have a couple of shakeups and some announcements of sorts. But we'll kick things off with uh, a shakeup, Steve. So here we go at 115. Shake them. Shake them up. Um, Silvana Juarez Gomez steps in for Ashley Yoder. Um and she'll be taking on Vanessa Demopoulos on Janu January 15th. Yeah, so I I like this a lot, mainly because I'm happy to see Silvana get another shot and at strawweight. Um, even though I guess the the first fight with Loopy was at strawweight. Um why are you making us big here? <laughs> um, Did I do that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, you know, I don't think that was at all a good indicator of what Silvana is capable of. I think she's a whole lot better than, you know, what she did not get to show in that first fight with Loopy. She was just on a warpath. It was short notice. And again, this is short notice too, but more notice than that uh, other changeup. Um, Yoder and Demopolis would have been all right. That was fine matchmaking as well. Good to see mm -hmm. Demopolis at 115 also because what her debut in her last fight was at 125. I don't even remember who it was against, but who did she fight, Steve? Do you remember? This is going to kill me now. Who did Vanessa debut against? Uh, I don't know. But either way, yeah, great to see Silvana back with some more time, I guess. And then it should be a fun matchup with uh, Vanessa Demopolis. So, there you go. I know some people were saying she should go back to flyweight after that fight, but we'll see how this one goes first, I think. Obviously, Silvana spent most JJ of her That's who it was. Yeah, JJ looked great in that one. And, of course, Vanessa is much more fit for strawweight. Um, well, she's like five feet tall, isn't she? Not very not very big. But... She's five two. Right, right, right. So, yeah, this should be a fun one. Just glad to see Silvana back and Ghost. A very marketable fight. Yeah, and Ghost, Ghost with uh, the insight saying, Man, I saw Demopolis rolling with Whaley. Don't know if it's going to translate to a win, though. Yeah, that's safe to uh, wonder about. I mean, yeah. uh, uh, Valerie Loretta training with Joanna has not translated very well, if I'm going to be honest. <laughs> uh, has not. Just how it is. But hey, still keep training with them. That's for sure. Um, and then maybe Ghost says it was go to Henry Cejudo's camp. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it was only jujitsu, though. So I don't know if that's going to help her improve. I mean, Mallory Martin sparks with Rose, but that didn't help her. Yeah. Yeah. I think in these cases, it's like they just they don't train with them for long enough. So it's kind of easy to jump on, seeing how it doesn't work. But if 
they can commit to staying with these, of course, bigger names, which is harder to do, then, of course, it's going to get better down the line. But easier said than done. So, yeah. All right. As we move on now to the sad news, and this is a mixture. I didn't, I, I should probably fix the ticker, but not probably not going to because I'm lazy, but we had some losses, Steve, as Olivia Anata Souza was released after the Randa Marcos loss. But in addition to Souza, Randa has also not been re-signed, and it doesn't sound like she's going to be re-signed. Uh, Olivia is putting the finger up for Dave there. We <laughs> <But laughs> agree. Crazy kind of to see, uh, just considering how, you know, a fall from grace a little bit, you know, coming into the UFC, again, one of those boneheaded matchups, one of my most frustrating matchups to see when she debuted against Alex Chambers made zero sense. Uh, and then things after that just kind of did not unfold how we would have thought, Steve, because Livia at one point was a top 10 strawweight worldwide, obviously former champion, as you can see there. And I actually still haven't got to see that Randa fight, so I'm really slacking on catching up on that one. But uh, apparently Randa looked awesome, which I love to hear. And then a big bummer, big bummer for Randa to not get re-signed after that. So I would imagine she's probably in a good spot to get picked up somewhere else. And Livia, I could see her going back to Invicta for sure, Steve, right? I mean, that seems, yeah. seems fair. Yeah, why, uh, wouldn't she, why wouldn't they pick her, up, pick her back up? You have her fight, let's say, Juliana Lima, if she beats Lima, then or somebody like that, then against Dakota. If Dakota's still around, I'd love to see that. Why not? Um, I mean, maybe two wins, because obviously it's been a rough skit for Livia, but... Yeah, well, she can turn it around. Yeah. So against less opponents. Right. And James saying this makes Hamasaki's loss to Souza even worse. And I disagree with that, James, because at the time that was prime Souza, right? Steve, I mean you look at that was when she was it's pretty pretty damn at good at that at that point. Yeah. And Hamasaki has gotten only better since then. Better. So, like, yeah. if they fought now, I guarantee it's not yeah, going it would the be same like way. Flick. Yeah, it would <laughs> right. be flick. Hamasaki would win that fight now. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I understand what you're saying. He says, crazy, she has a win over the GOAT. It upsets me <laughs> just to know, just to know it. Yeah, it would have been, it would have been great, you know. If... But that's when she was really good, though. Like, yeah, that's, when, mean, that's when we thought, Drake and I literally thought, this could be, this could be a champion right here in the UFC. Yeah, Olivia was no joke. Um, obviously, she was able to knock out Hamasaki that way she did. And, you know, Hamasaki was the Invicta champ at that time at Adam Waite. So, yeah, that was that was kind of like a not a champ versus champ fight, but kind of because I think I think that fight, if my memory is right, was right after uh, Sosa lost to Angela Hill in that classic that they had. That was one of the best fights you'll ever see. Yeah, uh, not doesn't get talked about enough. Very competitive. Um, everybody's favorite Angela Hill. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But happens, James. <laughs> it would have been cool, of course, if Ayaka could have got the win, maybe double champed it in Victa, then made it to the UFC. Because that was her goal. That was the whole point. Uh, she told me her whole reason for going to Strawways was to try and get in the UFC. And you know, unfortunately, just the bigger 
gals in Soza and Claudia turned her back a little bit, but she ended up crafting a pretty good career for herself regardless. So is what it is. Uh, Stamina says Randa fought her little heart out versus Livia. A shame it wasn't enough. Feels bad, man. Yeah, and that's that was the uh, her rebound win, right? To snap the losing streak. So she knew she needed that one and still... I mean, she still could get re-signed, Steve. Like, we shouldn't say that it's out of question, but obviously at the moment, she's a free agent. And who knows if... What, what could end up happening is... Of course, there could be somebody who falls out. That's always an option. But once they are thinking about getting somebody an opponent, maybe they they could offer her the fight contract there, and it'll be you know three, four fights, however many. They're just waiting to set it up, like instead of re-signing her right away. That could be what's going to happen. Like we'll see. I, it very well might not be the end for Randa in the UFC, but that's how obviously everyone's taking it right now. So. You know, good body to have at straw weight, obviously. But yeah, I mean, she would she would for sure take fights on on short notice. Oh yeah, no doubt. And then Dave says he thinks Dakota will be moving up to the UFC soon. Possible, definitely possible. We'll see how that plays out. I don't know. I don't think. I don't think they want to lose her, man. I mean, why would you after that <laughs> last win? Yeah, yeah. They, they, they've literally, literally told or said have said they want to keep their people. Yes, that is true. And you know, Emily, obviously, she uh, she would like to be in the UFC at some point. But when I spoke to her, she sounded like content, you know, defending and really. Yeah laying her claim there yeah um so you know we'll see again how it plays out but all right ghost saying soza hasn't changed her game hamasaki has a bunch of layers in her striking since soza beat her very very true uh stamina says one of dean is so damn stacked they don't need to keep her that is also true i'm sure she's not even the highest paid chick out there but dana went nuts with the puppy mill this season nobody is indispensable that is a good point yeah i mean randa having been around since 2013 that actually does make her more expensive by default especially with like the reebok deal and everything but as with each fight if my memory is correct here i did i did a research piece on this every single fight unless you like make some big negotiation with every fight or every two fights, uh, fighters purses, their pay goes up by like $2,000. Yeah. So Randa has like the most fights in the UFC strawweight history. So she's actually probably making it pretty good. Uh, yeah. That's probably was. what they, they were like, all right, enough of this. <laughs> yeah, we gotta so. get, we gotta get these fighters that are 10, 10. Yeah. Gosh, no kidding. So, Good point. Good point. There's stamina bummer, but if she, you know, she'll find a home. I think uh, it might have to be a flyweight though. If she like goes to Bellator, she might have to move Could up. Be Bellator, yeah. Yeah. I think she would fit in in Bellator. There'd be, be some, yeah, fun fights, and I don't think Randa's ever fought at flyweight too, so could be interesting. Could be interesting, but all right. Enough of the sadness. As we move on to. Pretty, pretty interesting matchup here, Steve. At Bantamweight. Yeah, Sarah McMahon versus uh, Carol Hosa, um, March 26th. 
God, we're we're going into that's like the latest <laughs> that is like the latest my goodness um yeah this is obviously big step up for uh carol in terms of yeah. name and climbing the ladder and appropriate obviously sarah was supposed to take on ketlin vera in their rematch couple maybe a month ago or so right and then misha came in because sarah got injured now here we are yeah. all the way in march fingers crossed that this fight happens because carol has had some bad luck with you know getting fights too a but long time away, man. yeah this is uh i think this is awesome awesome matchmaking uh great fight great stylistically makes sense rankings wise all that kind of thing uh one of those fights where i'm kind of bummed that somebody's got to lose but hey we're just at that point aren't we carol gets the win here i mean she's gonna be right up there in that mix it would be five in a row i think um so yeah then after this she'd she'd be right in that mix if she was to get a win and then if sarah could turn her back obviously that keeps her uh floating around where she always has been so a very important one for sarah mcmahon you know getting i think she's got to be like 40 now so I was curious to see how much longer she wants to even compete for, but big, big one here. So, well, she had, she also had a lot of time off though. Yeah, with the the second child and yeah, the injuries and whatnot. So right. we will see. I don't, know if, good one. I don't know if she's like not taking old, damage too much. Clearly, forty. You know, she's not right. that old fighter. Forty at forty. Yeah, very true. But I like it. I'm down with the matchup overall, despite not wanting you to lose. Uh, and going back to the other news, Ghost asks, would Randa fit in one? And Stamina gave him a quick answer saying probably wouldn't suit her American lifestyle before anything else, I'd imagine. Uh, despite her being Canadian, Stamina, but <laughs> North American lifestyle. Yeah, that's uh, the travel and all that kind of thing is what I look at as maybe the biggest hindrance there. Um, but maybe just kind of the other things that go into one maybe wouldn't be best for Randa and what she'd, yeah, I guess she could fight in either of their divisions, but I don't know. I don't know if they'd want to go for her necessarily, but I don't know, you know, it's an yeah. opportunity, mm -hmm. I guess, but I, uh, I, don't know. I don't know where Randa goes from here. Yeah, that is an option, though. So worth bringing up, Ghost. Worth bringing up. Um, and he says he didn't think about her American lifestyle. I just thought uh, her matchups would be more favorable in one. Yeah, there'd be some fun ones. There'd be some fun ones, that's for sure. And uh, she'd have instantly a lot of experience versus some of them. Uh, like her versus Panda would be pretty awesome. Uh, or even Angela Lee, you know, throwing throwing any of them, really, just freshness. That'd be really cool. But again, not sure how likely that is. Uh, maybe you can catch up with Randy here soon. We'll see what your boy can do. But okay, uh, all right. We move on to some news that I broke for Steve before the show started. He didn't know that this happened, and I'm curious to see how many of you do and what your excitement levels are. So, take it away. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't even know how I miss this. Ultimate Fighter Season 30 will feature um, women's flyweights. That's interesting. Um, 
didn't even didn't even know that they were doing this. So flyweights and heavyweights. Cool. Good mixture, I guess. I wonder um what it would be it'd be eight, right? They wouldn't do sixteen for each of them. That's too many people. It's so many. It'd be it'd be eight each. <laughs> they did sixteen for the for the the featherweights, right? Or um, no, no. No, for the flyweights. For uh yeah, for the lat when they crowned the champion, yes. For but Nico that season, and Roxanne. Yeah, that season was only. That's what they do. They do is they do sixteen total fighters, so it's if either it's between two only. two divisions or one. Yeah. 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 So. And Rue's asking, will Connor be on this show? Well, of course not. <laughs> on <laughs> Tough 30. No, she's in Bellator. <laughs> Uh, she'd run the table though. Who knows who's gonna be on there? I know that's the that's the fascinating part is what is uh what is this gonna look like? <laughs> yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see who they can kind of gather and sweep up. Do you think that then... they would go outside of the Americas though? Yeah, wouldn't be a bad idea. Um <laughs> uh do you think Flyweight's the right choice in terms of divisions they could have done for the women. I I think if bantamweight would have been good, but clearly there's not a lot. It's thin. It's thin out there. It's just thin. Yeah, I mean, bantamweight probably needs it more than flyweight does at this stage. Yeah. So I don't know why they didn't do bantamweight. To be to be honest, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, flyweight's a great a great division in the UFC. Yeah, it's really shaped up this year. So, all right, now people are starting to petition petition to get Khan on tough. <laughs> James and Jin says Khan on tough. Holy shit! <laughs> no way, no way it happens, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, she had uh, she still has what two more fights on her Bellator contract, so <laughs> that's gonna happen. To wait. Um, Rain bringing in good memories. Of course. Uh, remember when Paige challenged the winner on Tough while back then Valentina got mad? <laughs> Always digging that up. That one's just in the back pocket all the time. It's hilarious. Uh, but yeah, so now I'll be watching Ultimate Fighter again. I actually skipped yeah. this last season. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't care for it, but dude, jump on this one. I didn't watch this whole season and literally one of my favorite fighters was the coach going into a title fight. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all you need to know. <laughs> it's quite telling about the state of affairs. But <laughs> all right. So moving on from that, see how that all pans out. I think it said the dates of when they'll be uh filming and stuff but i didn't keep track of that obviously um and seems maybe nobody did but coming up interesting to see who who's on the on the show yeah for sure so as we move along to the last piece of news today this was a sad one steve uh and i know <laughs> the chat will probably be upset as well uh the straw weight shakeup we had <laughs> Yeah, Monster Ruiz is out of her fight against Mallory Martin. And guess who steps in? Her nemesis, 
Cheyenne Bays. That's a good. I didn't even put that together. That's funny. That's true. <laughs> yep. Bays versus Martin now. Um, yeah, big bummer. What a that, bummer, uh, man. Canejo's out. Terrible. Yeah, December 4th. Um, don't know what happened to Montserrat, but that was you know a good matchup, a good fun matchup with uh, Mallory. Now, I mean, this isn't a bad matchup either, and matchmaking-wise, this is fine. Mm -hmm. It makes sense, I would say, all that kind of thing, but um, not as fun, I don't think. Would have liked to see Montserrat in there and, of course, try to rebound off that rough Lemosh loss. Um but things happen. So now we got this instead. I'm sure everyone's very excited. Stamina says a whole lot of switching and swapping going on in Fightland. Yes, it is. Yeah. And Rue says, wasn't Baze supposed to get starched by Loma? Yes. That was supposed to happen, but maybe Not she anymore. ducked her. No. <laughs> now she's in this fight. Um, she was scared of that Loma Muay Thai. Loma Muay Thai. Yeah, that is that is true. And Rain also says Baze was supposed to get destroyed by Loma in the clinch. Absolutely fucking uh, lovely she was. J Jimmy says so Baze talks Loma. Scott says wasn't she supposed to find her? Yes, yes, yes. This week. So this that is kind of odd. I'm I wonder what uh I didn't see what happened with Baze either. I need to keep up better with that kind of thing, but sometimes it's just not said. So I'm sure we'll find out as that fight gets closer, of course. Um, Jin says Bay's fears Loma. Well, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, I'm still looking forward to this matchup, but again, bummed for Montserrat. Hopefully, speedy recovery and we see her again soon, maybe before the end of the year. Still, nah, there probably won't be an event too far after that. <laughs> Side 269, I don't think is the last one of the year, but one after that. So who knows? Who knows? Either way, straw weights. Straw weights to close out the news cycle. I think that was today that news was revealed. I think so. Yeah. I, I, I saw it today. Stamina speculating that it might have been COVID related protocols for Bayes. I think you might be right too. Actually, I feel like I did see something. He like said that. he made it up. He said he might have made it up. <laughs> that sounds familiar, though. That happened with somebody. Um, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Um, Sko says, "Not looking forward to this uh, skill at the lowest level." <laughs> Oof. <laughs> All right. Well, that's one of those comments I wasn't planning to read, but here we are. <laughs> All right. Anyway. That is it for the news, and it's time for the previews so we can get back into some of those things uh, as we get ready for Ryzen 32 and UFC Vegas oh, 43. Ryzen. Starting off with the show in Vegas, of course, and also at Strawweight. We got two Strawweight fights, a flyweight bout, and a Bantamweight main event. But Luana Panero is back, and now... Taking on Sam Hughes because, unfortunately, another shakeup. Uh, didn't put it in the news because we're going to talk about it here, but Jessica Penny was supposed to be in this fight, so that one hurts my heart that oh, no. something happened for her after the great run she's got back on. 
doesn't seem too serious. She seems in very good spirits on uh, on on Instagram and everything, but uh, pulled from the fight now, so that sucks. But in comes Sam Hughes, who I feel like only takes short notice fights, Steve. <laughs> yeah, I think her three fights, UFC fights, are all short notice, right? I it they might be. Let's look at them here. As uh, we have Luana as a quite large favorite, which yep, I think that's pretty fair. Um, what do we got? The Tisha one was short notice. The Loma one. I don't remember if the Loma one was. I think it was. I'd have to. I guess if we. Uh, no, we'd have to look at Loma's record, won't we? But she's on this card, so we'll look at it after this. Either way. Yeah. Sam Hughes taking on Luana Pinero, who is fighting for the first time since her debut, which was against Randa Marcos. The upkick heard around the world. Uh <laughs> And now we're here. A while later, when was that fight? That was a bit ago. Six months ago. How about that? So, yeah, as we know, Luana Pinero, phenomenal judoka, black belt in judo, has developed some serious striking, has good knockout power now. Um, just a finisher through and through. I don't think she's gone to decision ever in her career. Um, has been able to win in all all varieties trains with uh Mateus and Nicolau. I believe they're actually together, but Sam Hughes just these matchups are like all too tough for her, man. Like as much as we love Sam Page and as as great of a as a good of a prospect as she still is, like it, it's been kind of proven that she's just not quite ready for the stage. She's taking tough fights. That like, is true though. And though. the short the short notice thing just isn't working out like take a full camp i feel like take a full camp prepare for your opponent and maybe you'll show a better performance yeah and good night to dave he's out for the night thanks so much for coming back man it's been a while indeed bye dave thank you and uh yes stamina you're correct about the Litchfield's question. Sorry, man. I'm gonna skip that one. <laughs> we talked about it earlier. You can go back to uh, <laughs> the, the recap. Um, but yeah, uh, and Ghost bringing up a great point here, uh, saying Sam Hughes doesn't understand how to handle forward pressure. If Luana is smart, she's going to attack her right at the start. That's just what Luana does in general. I think so that she is probably nice. will. Yeah, she's exactly. gonna blitz. Exactly what's gonna happen. So she's either gonna pour it on her or flip her, toss her on her head. And yeah. then work for a submission. Uh, I struggled to see Luana not winning this fight. But the thing with Sam Hughes is that she's so goddamn tough and durable that she might be able to survive to the end, right? Like Luana, no, she's got to get a win at some point. You know, like she's got to <laughs> she's got to pull off a win at some point. Drake, is oh, this the one? Sorry. I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. But. At some point, we're going to be like, Sam Hughes, you're going to win this. You're going to win one. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 fair. Uh, no, very, very high on Luana. I mean, she was one of my fighters uh, when we did our, what was it, our kind of year preview, our yeah. year-end special for 2020 going in that uh, I highlighted her. And she's just been very good as a prospect throughout her career. Ten fights. So far, I mean, even in the Randa fight, which ended weirdly, she was doing very good against Randa. Hit like what she hit like three 
big ass judo throws on her. You remember those hip tosses were fucking yeah. sent Randa flying, which she's had trouble with in the past. I mean, speaking of Jessica Penny, going back to their fight uh, in each of their debuts, uh, Randa got flipped over in that one. I'll never forget that highlight. Um, but yeah, Luana is just a beast and getting better in all sorts of areas, despite having her great judo base. So it just is a rough one for Sam Hughes and the odds makers. Thankfully, I actually see that, but I don't think it's too hard to see. Uh, I think Ghost is spot on kind of with the assessment there. And I mean, we just kind of know that's how Luana fights. She's going to come right at Sam. And it'll be, it is just going to be a matter of if Sam can survive. Right, Steve? I mean, if she does, that's her best hope. If she can drag this fight into like the third round just by being gritty and tough, then she has a chance because maybe Luana gasses. You know, we've never seen her kind of have opponents take it there by surviving her onslaught, right? So if that can happen, then Sam actually has a pretty decent chance. I don't know if it's a great chance, but it's much better than the start of this fight because it's going to be a buzzsaw coming at her. So I'm going to say uh, Luana by submission, though. I think uh, Sam will be tough enough to not get knocked out, but she'll get submitted somehow. So first round for me. So doesn't get... Smart enough not to get knocked out, but gets not knocked. smart enough, but durable not enough. <laughs> yes. All right. Um, yeah. Luana's just, she's going to come out gangbuster. Um, that's just what she does. Um, man, she's going to put it on Sam, I think, for as long as it lasts. I don't know. Maybe. I think maybe it goes two. I'd be surprised if it goes to the third round, though, um, or any further. If it goes to the decision, mind blown. Um, <laughs> well, it's just because Sam hasn't really looked great lately, you know, and it's. I it's mean, she not, did. She did pretty well having, against Loma. She did better than people remember. But Loma having, is also a lot smaller than Luana. Yeah, she's tiny <laughs> and she's doesn't have tiny. that judo base. Right, and she's not like the, the power. This crazy power striker, exactly. Um, I guess Pinero probably knocks her out round two. All right. There you go. Yeah, it's a it's a tough one. It's obviously a tough one for for Sam, but she's that's... tough though. She's she's tough herself. Right. I think I think it's just more of a testament to like we're we're gonna start to see. I mean, people are gonna start to see more and more with each of these. The more that Luana fights, they're gonna see how talented she is. Um, I, I really think she has potential to definitely crack in the top fifteen. Uh, just a matter how far she can go, because she's shown, you know, to be very, very talented. So I don't know, but she also just goes for the kill right away, and eventually that's going to catch up to her. I don't right. think this. Is, I don't think, especially this in this division. Fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I don't think this is the fight. Eventually, she's going to do it, and she's going to get caught. Yeah, that's fair. That is fair, but not this Saturday night. So yeah, no. <laughs> we are both taking Luana as you do against the Sam page. All right. So with that one 
out of the way. We move on to the woman we were actually just talking about. Uh, Loma Luke Boonme is still competing on this card. Crazy. And against another Crazy, another uh, short turnaround warrior, Miss Lupita Godinia, Steve. The loopy one herself. She just a baller. Anybody, man. Any at any time. She gives zero fucks. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she's eager to uh, get back in the win column too after the questionable questionable loss there at flyweight to uh, what was it Carolina? We want a Carolina, yeah, yeah. And so now we could talk about some odds for Chris because. If you're still here, Chris, he was asking about these, and I don't think he mentioned Luana. I mean, obviously, we're not, we would not make that bet on Sam, but in yeah, terms of plus 100 for Loma, uh, Loma right here is plus 125, slight what underdog to Loopy's 150. I mm. like those odds. Um, I, I don't think this would be the one I'd bet on out of. Well, I, I mean, I guess we'll decide at the end here because we have to look at the other ones again. But... You like what odds? You you would bet Loma? No, no, no. That's I where the money's at. Well, I mean, we'll get to the others. We'll get to the others, right? So, um, as for this fight, though, I mean, we know what Loopy's capable of, and she's staying active here, an in-your-face kind of fighter, um, has great wrestling. As very sharp boxing as well. Of course, we can always highlight that Vanessa Demopoulos one, even the the Penne fight, um, and didn't look terrible in the Carolina split. Oh, it was, it was a unanimous actually. Well, thought it should have been a little bit closer than that. But um, then, of course, submitted Silvana, absolutely dominated her very quickly. She's just more well rounded than Loma. Obviously, Loma is going to have the striking edge. Um, and, and then the Muay Thai and the clinch, you yeah. know, if it goes there, but I think Luke yeah, can close it enough to where she'll get out of those situations. And she, I think she's just a little bit bigger than Loma. Obviously they're both very, you know, short in like length, as you can see the height and reach right there. But Loopy is obviously very powerful. You know, she's very strong for straw weight. And just had that flyweight fight, um, whereas Loma probably cuts no weight whatsoever for straw weight and is a natural atom weight. I think that the size, not the size, but you know the physical advantages for Loopy in terms of her strength, and then accompanied by her overall skill set being better than Loma's, it leans me towards Loopy even on short notice. I don't know if short notice favors somebody over the other here, Steve. Maybe Loma a little bit. Um, it is still an even fight. I agree with the odds being that close. But I just think that Loopy is able to do more things well than uh, Loma. And I think she should be able to, when it is in tight, she'll be able to avoid the clinch and kind of smother, maybe get some underhooks and you know stay out of that position, maybe get some body lock takedowns against the cage or what have you. Maybe a little bit similar to uh, the Silvana win, but um, in terms of a, if she is able to finish Loma, don't know about that. Possible if Loma is able to finish her. I think that's going to be even less likely, 
Um, but you never know. You never know. Either way, I am leaning loopy here. Um, probably by decision, but all the potential to be an awesome fight, Steve. I think this will be very fun. I think so, yeah. <laughs> I th that's, yeah, I think it, it'll be a good one. Um, it's just that if Loma is able to get the get in the clinch, get Loopy in the clinch, and you know that's where she does her, her best work in in MMA. Um, I don't know. I don't think that Lupita will will let her though. Right, exactly. That's kind of my main thought too in regards like to it, that. And it's crazy when you think of what Lupi did to Jessica Panay. Like, could you imagine her throwing Loma? <laughs> She'd go even farther. <laughs> Dude, crazy, right? Throw her out of the octagon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just fucking pile driver outside of the cage, right up over the awning, the top of the the cage. Oh, man. Very possible. Um, <laughs> no, James. Not, not going to happen. But, like, you can just picture it because Lum is so tiny. Right. Uh, <laughs> James chiming in saying he's taking Loopy. I feel that Jin took Loma down pretty easily, going back to that one. Um, yeah, that's fair to look at. I mean... We've that's the thing is we've seen Loma taken down plenty of times, yeah. Um, by you know, lesser grapplers to an extent. Yeah, she's not exactly good at grappling. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of how she lost in some of her Invicta fights or what is it? Just two losses in her first. I think it was her first Invicta fight. She got submitted by I believe Amy Montenegro, if my uh, memory serves me right. Um, and Rain chiming in saying, I've seen some of Loma's Muay Thai fights on YouTube. Sylvie, who weighs ninety five pounds, gave Loma trouble with her right hand. Loopy has a bigger right hand than Sylvie, so you guys do the math. Yeah, that's certainly true. Uh, so Sylvie just got destroyed in the clinch, but her striking at range was on point. There you go. There you go. Some good uh, good assessments there from Rain. So, Steve, who are you picking? I'm going Loopy, as I said here. Unanimous, I think. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a smart pick to go, to go Lupita. Um, but you drop some money on Loma. Is that where you're going? But I would, I would put money on Loma though, just because she's the underdog and she's done well in the UFC. Yeah, yeah. For the most part, what just the uh, just the Angela Hill loss, which splits what her five her four fights. I yeah. feel like she's fought more times than four times, but here we are. So, yep. Always, they're both always fun fighters. So yeah, I'm very much looking forward to that one. Two great prospects. I like it. I like that this came together. I like it more than Loma versus Bays in terms of a competitive standpoint. <laughs> but um, even in that one, as much as you guys won't want Lupita's to admit it, a better fighter than Bays. Yes, that is also true. Um, but I was going to say Bays did have a chance against Loma, whether you guys want to admit it or not. <laughs> but Okay. I digress. Saying War Loma. There you go. He's a big Loma fan. I and uh, Ghost says, even in the clinch, Loopy has an advantage since she attacks the legs. Loma relies on breaking posture. That is a great point, Ghost. That's why we have you here, man. But you guys aren't talking about how Loopy can just literally toss her, though. You're forgetting the fact that she can 
toss a bitch whenever she wants. <laughs> like, bro, like, she did it against not a small Jessica Benet. She gave her the Kevin Nash jackknife powerbomb. <laughs> Pretty much what that was. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking wild. Oh, man. That's the crazy. That's, that might be some of the craziest shit we, I've seen in MMA. <laughs> Yeah, that was something. <laughs> but anyway, as we move on back to the flyweight division, Steve, we have Joanne Not So Calder Wood <laughs> versus Tyler Santos. How strange is that to see? <laughs> it's weird. Her her name literally just got get, got cut down. I know, got cut in half. <laughs> she is now married to syndicate head coach John Wood. They've been together for a good while now, a couple of years, right? Yeah. So uh, finally made it officially official. Um, yeah, so it's Joanne Wood versus Tyler Santos. My goodness, I'm also very excited for this one. This was one of those. Yeah, I was very excited for JoJo versus uh, Grosso, of course. That was a bummer, but damn good replacement, just like the last fight. Um, but man... Just not getting any easier for JoJo, man. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Obviously, we have discovered over time that Tyler Santos is the truth pretty much immediately after the Mara Romero Barella defeat in her debut. And the odds makers have come around. So as Chris mentioned earlier, again, minus 300 for Tyler, whereas JoJo is plus 240. Steve, I wouldn't bet on this one. I wouldn't. I think Tyla, again, as I said, is the truth. She has proven it uh, to be very, very tough to beat. The last fight against Roxy pretty much beat Roxy for the most part at her own game. She's got phenomenal Muay Thai as well, as does JoJo. But she's showing off her grappling like crazy in this uh, three-fight stretch. You know, she can do it all, which is a scary thought considering her striking is very solid. So... Jojo, I think, really has her work cut out for her, uh, despite the grappling improvements that she has made over time. And then, you know, her Muay Thai is always pretty on point. And those classic Jojo knees and teeps that we love to see, whether in the clinch or stepping in, I think Tyler will probably be pretty prepared for him. And you just don't know what Tyla is going to do because she can do everything now, right? Like, is she going to try and strike with Jojo? Go yeah. back to you know, wrestling her a little bit as she did with uh, Roxanne. She's, she's getting to be a very serious threat, Steve. So I think this is probably tougher of a fight for Jojo than Alexa is. It's pretty crazy that Tyler Santos is the moderate favorite, a what is that? Minus 300? Yeah. For, for seems, seems kind of decent sized, right? <laughs> she will, given that she's ranked number 10, while Ms. Wood is, Miss Wood is ranked number five in the official UFC rankings. So the odds makers apparently think that Santos is that much better than Wood, even though the rankings are. Even though call, even though Joanne is ranked number five and Santos is ranked number ten, right? It's pretty crazy to me. Um, if you're betting on 
if you think that Calder, God damn it, think <laughs> that Joanne Wood is the better fighter <laughs> than Tyler Santos, put money on it because there's money to make. Yeah, that's true. But I think Santos wins the fight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's looking just so good everywhere. Um, you know, like very methodical with her approach, like very high fight IQ. The she way she great lately, man. She, I'm, fuck, dude. What is that? 18 and 1, 16 and 1? Is that in 18? Uh, yeah, she's at 18 now. Yeah, yeah, dude. 18 and 1. That is phenomenal. Yeah, very little resistance against Roxy last time out. Uh, Jillian dominated her on the ground too. And we know Jillian's very solid black belt kind of exposed Jillian. Really? Uh, Molly, same thing there. Why are like, syndicate fighters fighting this woman? Yeah. It's, it's not going well for them. <laughs> um, so I, I expect more of the same. I really do. Um, as well. Tyler Santos, I think after it was after the, I mean, she changed my mind a bit with the Molly win, but then the Jillian one kind of, Really got me. And then, of course, the last one, can't argue with that. Um, Ghost chiming in here saying, the thing I like about JoJo is her Anderson Silva reverse elbow. She likes to throw two times in a fight. Just wish she shoulder rolled into it. Plus, her front kicks are cool. This is very true. When JoJo is on, it is a very fun show to watch. Yeah, she's really good when she's on. But when she's off, oh, yeah, it's not good for her. Yeah, stamina saying Jojo has lost to damn near everyone. V Chef has already beaten, but yeah, they probably will probably still give her uh, the title shot if she wins because you know, UFC. <laughs> well, they tried that would be she, that would be she kind of shit the bed on that one, yeah. Uh, Litchell says also because Valentina beat already all the girls in the top four, Jojo is the number five man. Could you imagine? <laughs> Could you imagine? Uh, if Tyler wins, though, I mean, don't be surprised, you guys. Do not be surprised. That'd be four in a row. And if it's not competitive, then there you go. Uh, and Alvin says, congrats to Mrs. Wood getting married. I hope she and Ms. Santos do great things in the cage this week. <laughs> My man. <laughs> yeah. I think that on the feet, obviously, this will be the most fun. But again, just how smart Tyler's fighting. I think she's going to look to expose... Uh, Jojo's grappling defense, which we've seen exposed numerous times throughout her career. Unfortunately, I see no reason for her not to try and go to that well again. I'm sure she will strike her way into the pocket, have some fun in that uh, those moments as it starts up. But she's going to do take the smart path and get Jojo down and ride her way to yet another unanimous decision. Um, and who, who knows? Maybe she'll even surprise us. Whip out a submission. I'm not going to make that prediction, but possible as we've seen JoJo submitted in the past by the likes of, you know, yes, Jennifer Maya and Andrade, some pretty good fighters themselves. But again, not going to make that prediction, but I am going to take Tyler Santos, of course, you know, decision. And Ghost asks, do you guys know if Santos catches kicks? I don't, I don't think anybody's yeah. really had the opportunity to throw kicks at her, honestly. Um, yeah. At least I, in the UFC. I think, I think Joanne Wood will be able to, to get her kicks off. That's what she does, right? 
yeah, does that yeah. pretty well, to be honest. But I would assume that if Santos were to get kicked, she would be able to catch them. Right. And yeah, that's exactly what Ghost mentions because uh, he says, because Santos can catch a front kick from JoJo, it could be all over for JoJo. Yes, she yeah. loves those front kicks. She does. So, And they work for her sometimes, and sometimes they don't. Yeah. Yep. Very true. But alas, three for three between Steve and I taking the favorites here. I mean, it's just... Uh, just how it goes. This one actually surprises me that that, 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 Santos, that Santos is the favorite. I mean, it's good to see that the odds makers know what they're talking about, though. I mean, I don't know if it should be that big, but yeah, uh, yeah, Pretty surprising. Santos is the rightful favorite, I think. But anyway, now we get to the main event, which I am quite excited for. As you all know that Misha Tate is one of my all-time favorites, and I do quite like Caitlin Vieira as well. But somebody's got to lose. Oh, man. Joseph's favorite fight. <laughs> He's been talking about this ever since it was announced. I don't know if he's still tuning in. But uh, Chris is still here. He says, such a good show. Thanks for answering some of my questions. Appreciate you, man. Thank you for joining us. As yes. we continue with the bet talk, and this is where now I will give you your answer, Chris, because I would drop money on Misha. Oh, well, I guess this is a lot more even, but if yeah, she's, yeah, well, the odds that he, he said that she was plus 100, right? But uh, earlier in the show, um, if there's odds for that, if, if Misha's underdog, I'm taking it, so. I don't think that's that, I don't think that you'll find Misha underdog. Yeah, we'd have to look at some uh what is it best fight odds for all those lines, but either way, here we are with this main event. Oh, gonna be a good one, Steve. Five rounds potentially. Uh first main event for Ketlin, which means first five round fight for Ketlin. I believe shouldn't be a problem for her, but we don't know yet. And also, as we've mentioned ever since her loss to Irene Aldana, she just has not quite looked the same as when she was on that run up until that fight. Unfortunately, yeah. she looked really good up until she didn't. Oh, she looked phenomenal. She was, uh, she was kind of my dark horse for the division to, I don't know about dethrone Nunez, but I really liked that matchup. And uh, I felt that Nunez at the time would have needed to finish her to Oof. beat her. Um, Cause that great Brazilian wrestling background she has, but now got the win over Sajara, which was a solid win. Um, but then the, the Yana loss, which yeah, I think that was probably a fair loss, but just kind of tried for the lay and pray and it actually didn't work, which was very odd, kind of out of character for her. Um, and then obviously Misha came back and looked maybe better than ever against Marion Renault, just dominated and looked like she was never gone or looked like she was gone and then came back reinvented, obviously. And Steve, I mean, we talked about it right after that win. I think it was maybe Yusuf, shout out to him for asking about it, but he <laughs> asked us who, who Misha would beat out of everyone in the top 15. And I did we you did we both agree that she could probably beat everybody 
we would favor her against everyone not named Nunez. At least I think that was how I was feeling. Uh, if she looks that good again. Yeah, I think that's how you felt for sure. Because, I mean, just the way that she was able to strike uh, and show those improvements as Ghost highlighted in the very first Phantom Punch breakdown. Before it was even called that, uh, she looked very much improved there. And then her wrestling still on point as it always has been. And I think that her striking, of course, helped uh, get her into those areas where she can succeed most and then end up finishing the fight. Uh, obviously, that's going to be a bit more difficult against Ketlin, who is a very, very good grappler in her own regard. So, man, Steve, we might have a very fun wrestling match on our hands here. Could be. It could Brazil be good wrestling. Probably not, though. <laughs> Think they'll end up just throwing down? <laughs> yeah, they probably just throw. I think, actually, how this will play out is Misha is going to kind of start off the same as she did in the last fight with Runo, where she did show off the striking for a good amount of time, right? And then she ended up going for the takedowns kind of later in the rounds. Um, but with Ketlin here, I don't know if I really expect her to try and wrestle too much at all. And I'm kind of looking back to... this is Ketlin won't wrestle with Misha Tate. I think Ketlin will wrestle with her is where I was going with this. Was I think that if somebody's going to engage, it's going to be... That would be pretty dumb on her part. I mean, that's where it gets interesting, right? Is because obviously we know Misha can hit submissions off her back and, yep. you know, that kind of thing. But so can, I think Ketlin has the ability to, I mean, I guess we haven't really seen the submissions from her off her back, but we've seen her get them from top, of course. So that's where she wants to be mostly. But Ketlin, you know, her boxing and striking isn't too terrible either. She's very big for the division. She can get Misha against the cage. But, you know, this is like Misha's been there, done that kind of stuff at this stage. So that's why I think she'll probably yeah, we're try. we're talking about and, a former champion. Yes, indeed. And then five rounds to play with. She can take her time. Might, you know, let Ketlin not have her way in the, in the first couple rounds. But maybe not expend as much energy necessarily. But uh, what I was getting at with the comparison there was, and kind of maybe a funny one, but if you look back at like Misha's fight with Rin Nakai, who obviously ran a very tiny <laughs> bantamweight at the time, at least in, in stature, very similar to Jessica Andrade, but Rin has, you know, she's, she's mostly known not for her striking, you know, for her wrestling more than anything uh, and her, her skill set. Misha did not try to grapple with her like at all. That was pretty much a very tactical and kind of silly <laughs> looking from Rin's side of things, uh, striking match. Um, not to say that this is very similar to that, but when you look at another strong wrestler that Misha's fighting, like how will she approach that? Like, even if you look at the Sarah McMahon fight, this is a better example probably because I think if you were to make a better comparison, it would be Sarah to Ketlin. Of course they did fight each other, but Misha did not try to take down Sarah McMahon. Of course, she got, you know, rocked like a motherfucker in that first round. And then Sarah ended up taking her down in the rounds afterward. But Misha transitioned and got on top of her, swept her. I could see it being more similar to that kind of case. We don't see Misha typically, at least in the past, we haven't seen her try to wrestle wrestlers, Steve. That's kind of the, the line of thinking I'm looking at here. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess. But I think that she's, I think that she's grown, you know, 
as a fighter. I think that she would be she would be right more she would be okay with going to the ground and she would be able to hang. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's a totally different situations to compare to the past. So I mean, you can take him with a grain of salt, but that's just kind of yeah something I was reflecting on. But yeah, no, you look at the uh, total change in camp and this kind of position she's in now, how she approached the last fight, all that kind of thing. I mean, Renault, I wouldn't necessarily classify as a wrestler, but, you know, she had solid grappling and she would take her fights there every now and then, not to the same yeah. degree as those other fighters I mentioned, but um Misha wrestled her, obviously. So we'll see how that battle plays out. But uh, Scott says he's got in with Misha at plus 125 on DraftKings. All right. That is, see, I would take that for sure. Uh, Ghost, early. Yeah. Ghost says uh, Tate's been working with Whitman and his entire strategy for all his fighters is to keep opponents off balance. And Ketlin gets off balanced easily. All right. Looking at some little details there is Ghost. Chris says in the UK, Tate is plus 100 and Vera at minus 125. I think it's decent value for Tate. I like Tate, Loma, and JoJo triple at 20 to 1. I'll put a dollar on it. <laughs> I mean, the JoJo one is the one I'd worry about right there, Chris, um, as we just touched on that. Uh, and Go says that's not inside information, by the way. That's just from studying Rose style the last four months. There you go. If anyone's going to know, it would be him just from watching. And then Chris says, if Tate loses, do you think she keeps on fighting? She has three more fights left on her contract. Yeah, she I think she'll, she'll finish him out. She definitely keeps fighting. Because if she loses, I don't think that her title shot is completely gone. Like, if she loses two in a row, then she's going to be in a lot more trouble. But she can bounce back and put together the rest of those on her contract, like you said. Um, and Scott says, uh, plus 105 with Tate. Still, uh, still probably do it. Yeah, 125 was, was, would have been too good. Yeah. Um, bum, bum, bum. All right. I get the comment off there. So yeah, in the end, man, I I still am a a fairly big believer in Ketlin Vieira. You know, getting to be a title challenger at some point. Not but... a big enough believer in her to beat me. She did. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> it's just just from ever since in these last two fights, it's just uh, it's just been hasn't looked to the same, which I don't like that. And I want to see her revert kind of to her old ways, uh, which was maybe just more active. And she kind of seems a little bit scared striking. And it might be just that case if she's worried about that knockout again and getting yeah, hit. Man. So yeah, um, she probably doesn't want to get knocked out, man. I mean, it was a brutal one. So, uh, but it's crazy though. Cause if you look back at that fight, I remember her actually edging out, Irene in that fight. She was, of course, very aggressive, which obviously ended up costing her, but I thought she was winning that round until she, you know, got destroyed. Um, so if Ketlin can return to her old ways, much, much better chance here. I would probably favor her, but I, I can't trust that she's going to do that. I can't trust that she's not going to be kind of gun-shy, yeah. try and hug Misha, whether it's against the cage or on the ground. Like I said, I do think she's going to try and take this fight to the ground before Misha does. Um, maybe that'll cost her. Of course, we've seen Misha pull off some of the most miraculous comebacks you'll ever see. Uh, the Julie Kedzie one off her back there with the arm bar. Of course, Holly Holm, a little bit different situation there, but she can catch Ketlin for sure. 
Ketlin could catch her as well, but I feel like we haven't seen that as much, especially from uh, defensive positions. So, and Misha, again, if she looks as good as she did in her last fight, continues to build off the striking and just overall excellence that she showed there, best way to put it, she, uh, I really struggle to see that Misha Tate struggling or losing to practically anyone at Bantamweight that isn't named Nunes. Uh, you know, like she can do it all, man, uh, if she continues to look that good. So in the end, this is a five-round fight. I think Misha's going to get another finish. I'm going to say fourth-round submission, kind of similar to the Marlis Kunin win, throwback to when she won the Strike Force title. I'm going that far with it. <laughs> what do you say? I do think that Misha Tate probably wins the fight. Um, I just, I don't know. I think the Vieira just kind of falling off a little bit. Uh, not, not what we thought she would be. And Misha Tate is back. I think. Um, I have no reason not to believe in Misha Tate at all at this point. Um, until somebody's able to stop her, I guess, then I'll believe it. But for now, I think that Misha Tate is, is probably a title contender. Um, just a step, step towards that. Uh, she probably gets a decision here. All right, there we go. Cupcake four for four from your boys on this end. Gonna be an interesting one, though. I'm looking forward to that. I like the five round element to it, I think that makes it a lot more interesting. So, should be fun either way. Good experience and a big opportunity for Ketlin Vieira. So, I'm happy for that. And then Misha Tate in the spotlight, I'm never gonna complain about that either. So Works for me. But that is UFC Vegas 43. All done in the books. Can't wait for it. And quickly go says, watch for Tate to faint the rear hand, then counter the slip step of Vera getting her off balance. All right. We will have to dissect it afterwards. There's the uh, fan of punch breakdown. <laughs> Putting you on the spot now. <laughs> we'll uh, get back to Misha at some point, I'm sure. But yes. Either way. As we get ready to wrap up the show here, closing things out with Ryzen 32. Steve is big hype. I am big hype. Y'all should be big hyped. We're going to Okinawa, kicking things off. Well, I guess both Super Adam Weight. The main event is actually a catchweight bout. But before then, Super Adam Weight. <laughs> Super Adam Weight fight. Mizuki Nisei Oshira. Oshiro, excuse me. Uh, and Eric Hoga both make their debuts in Ryzen. Of course, two Deep Jewels veterans. Nisei just recently got the um, got the main event win against Mizuki Furuse. The Battle of Mizukis at Deep Jewels 30... Was that 5? Does it say here? It doesn't say. But that was just a month ago. Whereas Eric Hoga... It uh, not, no, it doesn't say the exact event there. But that's okay. I know. I'm pretty sure it was 35. Uh, Eric Koga then just recently beat everyone's favorite Eru Takabayashi just a week and four days ago. 
Pretty wild. Um, yeah. So that was good back and forth fight, but Koga gets the job done. And now they both get huge opportunity here on the rising stage in uh, Nisei's hometown. Such a uh, quick turnaround. Yeah, very much so. Wasted no time to get back in there. Makes you wonder if Takabayashi would have got the fight if she would have won, which makes you a little sad. <laughs> but yeah, I guess you would think. Yeah, and I mean, Takabayashi having already fought in Ryzen before, pretty safe to assume, right? Pretty safe bet there, but yeah. that's all right. So um, Nisei versus Koga now, uh, obviously still in prospect mode for each of them. Nisei struggling a bit with some of the better names there. Of course, got submitted by Siri Oshima. I believe that was that was before the tournament. That was before the tournament. And Siwu Park beat her, Hikaru Ayono. The usual suspects, people that it's not crazy for you to lose to, but um, she has shown some serious promise with that Shinashi win, which was nearly two years ago now. And Shinashi, one of the goats, of course, but Nisei managed to beat her in very impressive fashion. TKO her in like a minute and 40 seconds. And then Koga, you know, has uh, those deep wins. Just really starting things off this year professionally as uh, these were amateur bouts. Um, against Yuka and then Nakamara. But if we're to judge from what we've seen from Koga, as I mentioned with the Takabayashi fights, um, Takabayashi fight, it was kind of a matter of her winning from Takabayashi falling, and then she got on top of her. She didn't really take her down necessarily, and then she just did her work from there on the feet, hung in there, but I wouldn't say it was getting the better of her. Nisei, not... The greatest striker. I think her her strengths lie in her grappling, which we saw in that Furuse, you know, kind of bully beat down a little bit her last time out to get the uh, stoppage there. Um, so I expect Nisei to kind of get this one to the ground or try and get it to the ground while Koga maybe plays around a bit on the feet when she can. But haven't seen her in too much trouble or in defensive moments in grappling yet in her career so hard to tell but nisei obviously has a little bit more experience and against much better competition significantly better competition so she can learn from that so this fight is not a layup or like showcase fight for nisei at all like a gimme or anything but it's a little bit favorable for her and it is in her uh home of Okinawa, which is kind of the whole reason that she's on the card, if we're going to be honest. <laughs> but uh, We'll see how it plays out. But because of everything I just mentioned, I got to lean towards Nisei a little bit here and uh, think she'll probably do what she does and get a decision or maybe a submission. Uh, she's pretty aggressive when she gets into good spots, but who knows? Who knows how it'll go, Koga, and show us maybe something she's uh one to be reckoned with and i believe she's pretty young as well it doesn't have her age here but i, I think she's I think, like 19 or something i think yeah it might be 19 21 range uh so also very young like takabayashi but i'm gonna take nisei uh like i said i'm, I'm gonna say decision in this one well no i think she'll finish it you know she's at home she's gonna be on the big stage be really fueled by the moment i think she'll get done i think she'll find a submission i'm gonna say second round um so yeah She'll uh, 
have a good night returning home, big debut, all that fun stuff. I think this is just might end up being too big of a too big of a moment for Koga. Yeah, definitely very early and quick, like you said. <laughs> yeah, super fast. One one week turnaround. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. two weeks. By by fight night, it'll be two weeks. Yeah, it'll be two weeks. Crazy man. Yeah. So, Scott is out. By the way, thanks for tuning in, man. Appreciate you. Sure. Um, Rain says, not gonna lie, only two fighters I care about in Ryzen is Hamasaki and Arena and Rena Panchan. Oh, gee, I simp for Arena. Well, hey, man, come on, that can't be the only reason you care about Ryzen. There's plenty of great talents there, <laughs> but you said no, yes, only two yes. reasons, only two <laughs> Panchan and Hamasaki, two great ones, of course. Uh, Ghost says Takabayashi striking is best seen in a large circular cage. Ironic, since her best striking performance was in a ring. That is a great point. That is a funny point. Um, yeah, she's kind of been going back and forth a bit with the enclosures, hasn't she? So nice, uh, nice note there, Ghost. But hi, Steve, you feel the same as me though? Nisei gonna get it done here? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think it's just too big of, of a stage right now at this point. Which is okay, I guess. I mean, if you're taking fights on such short notice, it's it's not a terrible loss for for Koga for the young Koga. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, <clears throat> kind of similar to Takabayashi with uh, her two losses as well. Well, I guess just the one because the first one didn't count because uh, <laughs> Mori missed weight. So that's how that happens. But, yep, should be should be advantage Nisei a little bit. But I think it'll be fun while it lasts. Both solid enough prospects and uh, plenty to learn still from Koga. So maybe yeah. she'll surprise us. Yeah, I mean, shit happens in MMA. MMA is a crazy sport, man. Very much so. But all right, the real main event of the weekend. We get to it now. Generally, the atom weights, but we're doing catch weight because Reina's calling the shots at 110 pounds, not straw weight, not atom weight, right in the middle there a little bit. It's the rematch with Miyu Yamamoto, Steve. How excited are you? See Reina back. for the, It's our first fight this year. It's been too long since uh, New oh, Year's. So long, man. So good to see Reina finally making it back in the fighting form. It's going to be a tough fight against Yamamoto for a second time. Yeah. I mean, uh, they when they first fought, was it was, I think it was Reina's second fight. Her first second, her, her, her second MMA fight ever. And then for me, it was actually her debut. So it was right at the start of their careers in the, in the 2015 Grand Prix, Steve. So long ago. Yeah. Seems like so long ago. It's stamina is correct. Stratum weight is what we're working with here. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, definitely. They're they're completely different fighters now, have gained so much experience. I yeah. mean, Miyu at the time, Miyu was straight up just a wrestler. Um, and now she's developed into one of the best uh, you know, fighters in the world, obviously. Yeah, she's uh, really well-rounded. 
and she actually hasn't fought all year either. So they both fought, uh, yeah, on the, well, I guess Reyna actually didn't fight on the New Year's card, but uh, Miu, yeah, the Hamasaki loss was on the New Year's show. So, yeah, they both haven't fought this year. That's kind of, I didn't realize it, but here we are. The rematch all these years later. Reyna coming in. And if you have not seen, shameless plug time, but Reyna was on Broad and Rise in episode 11, which dropped today. You can go and check that out after this if you have not yet, MiamiNews.com. And uh, she said she's been staying busy this whole year, doing a lot of training, changing things up, kind of doing more weightlifting, uh, still training at AACC. She's been working with the GOAT Hamasaki, as she generally does, which always helps. And, you know, Miyu just fought her, of course. But she also has been training with Kazuyuki Miyata, who uh pretty talented wrestler himself over at Brave. Uh, I think he was an Olympian, if I'm getting the people correct there. So kind of perfect if you're going to take on Miyu, who is quite a good wrestler herself. And the ageless wonder herself, uh, <laughs> nearly 50 years old, still kicking ass. That's insane, man. She's almost 20 years older than Raina. Oh, wow. my God. Raina's talking really about old. retiring before <laughs> Yamamoto. Well, if you watch uh latest episode of Broaden Horizon, as I mentioned there, a little bit of a little bit of correction there. You know, Raina was saying maybe over exaggerated the numbers at the time or what she was saying after the Tommy Matsu win in her last fight, maybe two or three more fights and that she needed a break or whatever. But she told me uh she kind of said that to motivate herself to keep herself going. So at the time she maybe wasn't feeling it, but now having had this gap she's feeling a little bit more amped up so you love to hear that steve maybe we'll get a lot more maybe we'll see her in march yeah maybe she said she wants to fight next year the year after she did not sound uh like she was wow. ready to go. all right yeah. <laughs> gotta go watch the episode man it's good stuff <laughs> she was great um but yeah here we are three fight winning streak for reina looking to make it four potentially get that title shot if she's willing to take on her good friend and mentor in Ayaka, as mentioned there. But it's interesting with me, it's me too, when you look at the uh, circumstances of the training and all that, because, you know, generally training uh, in Guam with the husband, Kyle Aguan, I forget the name of his gym, Jim, I apologize, but she's been back home at fighting B. Uh, man, I'm, that is the, yeah, is that the, I'm forgetting the names of the gyms here, but, uh, you know, the, that group um where she generally was before when the world was more normal but she was kind of stuck in japan after the has been stuck in japan or stayed there at least since the hamasaki loss and so kyle hasn't been there with her for a while but should be there with her now who knows how that's helped she's been training with um itsuki harata over in one of course so a little bit of different looks from you see how that affects her but the thing with this fight steve is again she's a much better overall fighter this time around <laughs> than, than the first time um got caught in the arm bar i believe it was so we know what miu always wants to do which is wrestle and her striking has improved greatly but no matter how much it improves probably never going to be as good as reina especially at this this point right so yeah Man, it's been a while though for Rena. So 
I hope that she's able to get her get her uh, striking off rather quickly. Um, not try to sit back and wait for for Yamamoto to to go in. Um, yeah, I just I don't know what to I don't know what to expect from Rena at this point. You know, it's been a while. Like, and there were. I guess we can put to bed the doubts of her fighting anymore. Um, but up until now, that's literally what I was thinking, you know? Like, is this it? Is this the last the last time we're going to see Rena? I, I guess I can put that yeah. to bed. But hopefully she's able to get those strikes off, man. Um, because she's she's one of the best female strikers in the world. If yeah. she's able to let the, let her let her hands go, yeah, and I like that you kind of mentioned that maybe hesitancy a little bit, like going back to the Tommy Matsu fight. That was kind of the thing that was it was a little bit disappointing, you know, in that regard. Seeing, yeah, yeah she got the win, and it was over a good name like Tommy Matsu, who was you know total veteran pioneer. She kind of just she kind of just like laid back a little bit, you know. Yeah. Foot wasn't quite on the gas as it normally would yeah. be, perhaps. And uh, that's kind of what I liked when talking to her as well, was that she was saying, you know, the main event spot also giving her a little bit of a boost. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Like, yeah, like I, I need... still believes me, believes in me. You know, the people fucking want to see me fight. Yeah. And so she's using that as like, I'm the last show. I'm the last, you know, fight of the night. Got to finish strong. And so I literally need at minimum a finish. Like she sounds like she's not Good. going to be happy with anything yeah, <laughs> other than that. <laughs> I'm into a random finish, man. Yeah. And so speaking of that, Ghost asks, doesn't Rana just destroy Mew to the body again with her I mean, hooks front kicks? And he says, then again, Asakura did that beautiful knee ride into back take to Rana. So who knows? That was definitely very nice. I know Steve can appreciate that, even though he doesn't want to. <laughs> Kana with the beautiful wrestling in that fight. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's it's tough, man. I feel like... I mean, bef going before speaking to Reyna, I was definitely leaning towards Miyu, right? Because we didn't quite know where Reyna's head was at. It seemed like more of a mental thing with her, right? But if she's coming in... For the finish and looking to continue fighting for yeah. a good while, yeah. Then, if that was just a break, if that was just a break from fighting, fucking great. You know, yeah. is this is this championship for Rena again? You know, yeah. Because if it is, then we got some goodness here. If it's yeah. not, if it's not, if if let's say the the same Rena who fought Tamiyamatsu comes in, then Miu should probably win. For it. Kind of easily, yeah, fairly easily. Yeah, yeah because yeah. of the, because of the well-roundedness, the wrestling, and all that. Um, but I don't know. Rena's just got to let her hands go. Just let her striking take control of the fight. Dictate. She needs to dictate where the where the fight goes. Not wait, not wait like she did in her last fight. She needs to. Take control of the whole fight. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's definitely fair to say. I think start out maybe a little bit fast, get in, not get in Mew's face necessarily, but let her know that you know she's not fucking around. <laughs> so uh, I think that could kind of be how she comes out. Uh, you know, if she is is if she's fully you know in there to be in there for a good while again. Um, and Ghost is asking, does Miu do knee rides when her opponent sprawls? Not too familiar with Miu, only saw her fight with Hamasaki. Uh, yeah, I, I believe I can recall seeing some of that, but honestly, her opponents, not that I can remember, have had the opportunity to sprawl on her or you know anything like that because she generally gets them down. Uh, yeah, she's such, a, she's such a world-class wrestler. And then people not really trying to take her down to well, actually, Kana tried. So that's a great fight for you to go and watch. Uh Ghost. Yeah, she Kana could not do anything against Miu, which was, nah. was pretty crazy at the time. Um so that's probably one to look back at for that. Um so yeah, it's uh this completely comes down to I think Ren is Yes, that's that's Ren a good is part, mind but... where where it is, and it's it's not entirely like a striker versus grappler match necessarily, but that's where the strengths are, right? Like the wrestling versus the you know kickboxing. Um, well, yeah, Ren is definitely her her strength is in is in her striking. Yamamoto yeah. has really turned into an all around good fighter, but. What got her here to that was her wrestling. Yep, exactly. And I, I think the uh, the body attack approach that Ghost kind of presented, I think we will see that from her. It's just a matter of will she attack with kicks, which I don't think would be smart because then she's opening that possibility for easier takedowns, right? But Reyna attacks to the body with her punches very well too. So I, I think she, she would probably do that. And then again, Training with uh, Miata now and maybe doing more. She said doing more weightlifting, so maybe she'll come in in better yeah, shape. Yeah, she's gonna come in fucking fucking yoke or what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, this these are good moves to make for kind of this rematch at this stage. So it's tough, man. It's, it's funny. Rena, uh oh. <laughs> so Power. who knows? Maybe she'll surprise us. But uh, this is one of those fights, man, where. I know you're all team Reyna here, but uh, I hate to see either one lose. <laughs> I adore them both so much. But I think, honestly, after getting some more insight and speaking to Reyna just a couple days ago um, and knowing kind of where she's at, I'm going to have to go with her now because I was I was feeling pretty good about me getting it done until that, <laughs> until kind of hearing from her and what she's been doing and then just knowing what she's capable of when she is on. So if she shows up yeah, uh, the way we know she can... Uh, I think she can light up Miu on the feet regardless of that, but it's just a matter of putting it into gear. And then she just has to avoid getting absolutely grapple-fucked, which even if she does, we saw her submit Miu the first time when she did get taken down. So it's a, it's a good one. I like it a lot, but I, yes, Rain, I know, Team Panchan. I, I'm <laughs> fine with that as well. Panchan is great. Um but yeah, in the end, I think I'm going to end up going Rana by... Uh, 
hate to, I hate to say TKO, but I'm going to say a second round TKO. Actually, yeah, I think she'll she find it. it. I think she'll find it. She seems like she wants it, man. So I'm sure you're picking Raina as well. But oh, let me yeah. hear it. <laughs> um, yeah, her her striking is just so crisp, so clean, so perfect when she's on. She's she's damn near a perfect striker. Um, she goes. She uses body shots. You know, hits the liver perfectly. Just puts it all. Combinations are perfect. Goes goes high. Goes low. Keeps it keeps it calm. You know, she's striking typically. That's what we need to see from Rena again. That's, and I think that she puts all that. She brings it all back. This is her. This is kind of like her her welcome back fight, I think. You know, where yeah. this she's back and she's fucking putting people on notice. You know, that's what I what I want to see from Rena. And she can do that. She she has it in her. Um, it's just that there was so much doubt, like there was a cloud of doubt above what Rena was gonna do because we hadn't heard from her. We didn't know what her intentions were. Um, I guess now she's saying that she wants to fight, which is great. She wants to fight again. Great. So put it all in the cage, put it all together, put a perfect fight out there and start calling motherfuckers out <laughs> because that's what she does. She likes to fucking say names, dude. Yeah. I mean, she wanted the, the Hom fight when Hom was champion and yeah. man, imagine likes, this, Steve, she likes calling people out. And I love that dude. I, I, I love that from her. I want to see her put it all together against, against Yamamoto. I know, I know it's a tough fight to see Yamamoto lose, but I'm, I'm a big Rena fan. Like the, she's literally probably one of my favorite fighters, female fighters. She's like, neck and neck with Ronda Rousey and you know how much I love Ronda. Um, man, it's just putting it all together, brother. That's that's what she needs to do. Could you imagine, let's say Rena goes out there and gets the finish, n no matter how she finishes it, and then we see the Rena heel turn and she calls out Hamasaki. <laughs> just love it. Do it. Fully, fully do goes it. back to the bad guy oh, in black, God. like the Connor rematch. <laughs> yes, do it. Dude, uh, I'm all for Rena just fucking being Queen B again, you know? <laughs> yeah. Would be nice. Would be nice to have her a bit more frequently. And it sounds like that's what she wants. So good. That's what I this want. one plays out. Yeah. And uh, got the questions coming in. First of all, Alvin says, Mr. Riggs, I read your article about Ms. Panchan. What a great story behind her name. Great article. Thank you so much, sir. That was a very fun story. And it was very fun getting to talk to Panchan with all the Panchan talk here. Go check that one out um, as well. I don't remember what I titled that, actually, Alvin. But if you search Panchan's name on Google, it'll come up. Uh, so, yes, that was definitely a good one. Um, if I do say so myself. And James asks, 
Or says Hamasaki, let Miyu take her down and submit her. Can Reina do the same? Uh, not exactly the same as Hamasaki. That was one of the most brilliant sequences you'll ever fucking see. <laughs> but um, I mean, she kind of, I wouldn't say she let Miyu take her down in the first fight, but she got taken down and then submitted her. So in that regard, yes. But like the same way Hamasaki did, Steve, I don't think so. That was just goat stuff from Ayaka. That's not going to yeah, be replicated too easily. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, dun, dun, dun. Chris says, "Will the Trigger series and Landmark series continue into the future?" Yes, Chris. Come on, man. You get, did you not see uh the Big Tenth episode of Broaden Horizon? I talked to Saki Gabara, and he said, "Yeah, there will be regular shows going forward. I think four or five events a year. So we're gonna have plenty of Horizon next year and going forward." But uh. Yeah, man, they'll uh, be a regular thing. So we're kicking things off. Oh, Rise and Trigger is next yeah. week. So yeah, Rise and Trigger will be in the cage. So that'll be cool with the Rise and Rules in the cage. You'll love to see it. Um, and then uh, Landmark will still be in the ring. Those will be smaller ones uh, in terms of the cards being like four to five fights. And then Trigger will be like the same as the numbered events, uh, like 15 13 range and this next this first one will be 14 fights but yeah there'll be about four or five events a year for each of them and then uh about seven or so numbered big shows saki bar said so we'll have nearly 20 rising events a year and probably just keep getting more and more so very cool but what was it was it jimmy asked here is reina the biggest star for the women in japan bigger than hamasaki uh yes yeah when she's when she's at the the peak of her career there was there was nobody bigger than her and i think that she can get there again she might not be now like be, just in terms of fighting just because she hasn't really been as active but if she becomes active again and wins, you know, puts together great fights and, you know, shows off her, her skills, her, her beautiful striking and stuff like that. There's no doubt in my mind that she will be Queen Bee again in Japan. And people in the rest of the world will start noticing her. Yeah, I mean, I, I still think even right now, you could probably say that. I mean... It's easy to forget like how big of a star Reina really is. Um, yeah, I mean she she's massive. Yeah, and I'm trying to find this real quick because I I want to give a shout out to Charlie Jewett at Sogokaku. He um he did an article, a little bit of a research piece about the. Uh, kind of the numbers on social media from um some of the some of the names you know some among the women and i know that obviously hamasaki was up there she was around like four and whatnot i don't remember where reina was though i'm trying to find this i don't know how i can find it but yeah definitely a very big star um me that asked that. Uh, 
multitasking here. Uh, Jin says he saw Broughton Ryzen. Even if Panchan fights Reyna, Reyna would start her, even though I love Panchan. Not a good fight for Panchan. <laughs> Steve, how do you feel about that hypothetical fight? <laughs> Panchan's long. <laughs> She's got that going. Yeah, well, Reyna's a lot better in striking. So, put body shots to her and, you know, end it. Oh, here's what it was, I think. Um, he did uh, a who generated numbers. Oh, this is okay. So this was, I th I'm getting all mixed up here, but good stuff over at Sogokaku. This was, uh, I found what I stumbled across just now is for Ryzen 30 specifically. So if we look at these numbers, um where are we here pre-fight interviews panchan on that event had the most out of the women and hamasaki was on this card so this is kind of what i'm going for i know there's a way to find this apologies everyone keep searching and scrolling uh, and then Jin says, so it's a good thing that kickboxing fight will never happen. Well, never say never, as Shingo said. Maybe maybe uh, Reyna's mind will change. Or who knows, Fanchan comes to MMA, but that would probably that would give her less of a chance. <laughs> uh, and Go says, did you guys just become Team Panchan because of her YouTube cosplay with Kana? And they all say yes. They said yes. <laughs> they say, if Kana is friends with Reyna, then I'm Team Panchan for life. There you go. Double flags. And I got plenty of gifts come out of those entertaining videos um ghost uh jin says ghost actually checked her uh last fight when drake mentioned it fell in love with that style yeah she utilizes distance very very well so quite the opposite of stefan struve <laughs> but all right i can't find it i'm gonna give up on that but either way steve and i agree on all the fights this weekend so how about that? That's not too crazy. Nah, it ain't. But we back and we agree. So Ryzen 32 going down right after UFC Vegas 43. Cannot wait for it. We got two back-to-back -back ladies, lady main events. The women in the main events. So And two former champions and two form two greats. Fucking wonderful weekend for the women, especially Misha Tate and Rena. Come on. I know, right? Two of them that we weren't sure how much more we'd get out of them. No. So. Now we're now we're back to them fighting and you know being contenders. Yeah, damn near damn near title fight ish. No kidding. So all right. Well, with that yeah. in mind, quite amazing. We are well over. The third, the three-hour mark. How about that? How about that? <laughs> Follow us, like, share, and subscribe, you guys. If you don't know, now you know. Audio-only versions are now on Anchor and Spotify. You can just search at WMA today. The links are also in the description. Easy peasy. Bum bum bum. At Drake Riggs underscore. At Steve K underscore MMA. At the Scrap News. You know where to go 
Steve, are we getting any closer to some MMA eggs? <laughs> nah. Nope. I any articles? Know. Anything I at all? Put it out there. No. Mm -hmm. No. Well, that's life, folks. <laughs> Can't have it all, but I got stuff for you. As I mentioned, Broaden Horizon episode 11 just dropped today. Rana was on the show. Bobby Oligan, uh, Mamoka Mandakoro, who lost to uh, Panchan in both of their Ryzen debuts at Ryzen 30. Mamoka returning for the Ryzen Trigger series, uh, the first show, as she takes on Miku, who looks like she's related to Jessica I. <laughs> but that's just how that is. Should be a fun kickboxing match, because Mamoka always brings it. And also, I don't think I got to plug Bron Horizon episode 10 too much, but that was last week, so a quick turnaround. Megumi Fuji joined me once again. Saki Gibara, as I said. Um, uh, Juntaro Ushiku, who is the new featherweight champ. And Siori Oshima was also on there. And Lenny Hart. So fantastic two episodes of Bron Horizon. I would highly recommend checking them out, please. MyAmyNews.com. And plenty of other things on the way. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in for this long time. You guys are the real MVPs. And thank you, Chris, for coming in as well for the first time. At least seeing you live, buddy. He says great podcast. Thank you. Stamina signs out as well. And Steve, it's about that time where we're nice and hungry late at night. So <laughs> let's send it on home. <laughs> yes. To everybody who tunes in on a weekly basis with Drake, without Drake, with Steve, without Steve, with Serena Southpaw. Thank you to everybody who's on, who comes on in the chat weekly, every week. If you're not here chatting with us we live, I can't thank you enough. Thank you for showing up, uh, tuning in. Um, until next week, guys, enjoy these fights. Go Rena. Peace.